Hello, Tome Show listeners. This is your stalwart senior editor, Sam Dillon, and I am here to introduce for you a very special set of recordings, the World Tree Burns podcast. Yes, it is the official recording of the World Tree Burns game, hosted by GM Dan Dillon, friend of the Tome Show. And this recording is presented to you in conjunction with Cobalt Press, of course, and also with Encounter Roleplay. Ah! Hey, it's me, Snurg! I don't really like Noble Knights that much, but NobleKnight.com is okay by me. You know why? They got tons of products for me where I can just be hiding in dungeons and stuff like that. Also, it's it's really, really cool. I get to find all these bestiaries that I can fill my dungeon with and all kinds of goblin miniatures. So check out Noble Knight. They'll even buy old gaming products that you aren't using anymore, and they're awesome. NobleKnight.com. Make sure you tell them the Tome Show sent you. This is Josh. Ah, confused you there. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Encounter Roleplay. My name is Will. I'm a D&D sex icon, and I'm back today for yet another episode of The World's Tree Burns. We're back with a full cast and crew for another shenanigan-filled episode. And, of course, we have our illustrious Dungeon Master, Dan Dillon, with us tonight. Dan, how's it going, my friend? It's going very, very well. Thank you for having me on once again. Excited to be here. Absolutely. So, uh, let's kick things off by going around the cast and crew, figuring out who we are, and of course, who we're going to be playing tonight. And let's kick things off with Tool School. How's it going, School? Hey, I'm doing great. I am super excited to uh, do some more things in Midgard, my favorite like setting in the D&D world. I love all of their books. There's new things coming uh, in one of the places that, in fact, we visited in our fun little uh, journey here so we can find out even more about what lurks in the Margrave Forest. So that's got me excited. But uh, anyway... Uh, until then, I am playing Glazashin. He is a geomancer, which is one of the uh, interesting classes that you could do. He also has just discovered a rune, which is from the Deep Magic. Fun and excitement again from Midgard. So uh, we are going to explore all there is to there is to explore, and hey, we will see what happens. Maybe, maybe not, we will join a nefarious organization. Most likely, yes. Uh, <laughs> great stuff. Uh, and, of course, we have McLoken with us tonight. McLoken, how's it going, my friend? Uh, quick question. If you're the D&D sex icon, can yeah. I be, like, the D&D, like, porn icon or, like, the D&D yeah. um, abstinence icon uh, to go completely <laughs> lawful good on you? Um, like that, yeah. <laughs> porn icon is already my back well, well, That's where my I, career is headed. I, <laughs> I am becoming a priest. I am the priest icon of Dungeons and Dragons. I am a cleric. Um, so uh, I also like uh, the voice of complaint that Tia is on two uh, little scenes, uh, and she, I believe, is hogging all the screen time now. Um, and it's in a contract. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also uh, want to say, if you guys ever want to go on a diet, try the Paleo diet because I lost a shit ton of weight on that. So I recommend it. Uh, guys go check that diet out um but yeah today i'll be playing cloak our wonderful norm ranger from Nihon. uh and um he he's like legit he doesn't he doesn't have a bad bone in his body he doesn't lie to people he's pretty straightforward um never <laughs> killed anyone um i love how people laugh at my description of my character this is I was, this is i terrible. was laughing at tall school's face <laughs> 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 wow um 
But yeah, uh, also, Will, I have a question. Um, yes. When I went in the fantasy grounds, the background was draped in blood. Um, oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I couldn't we'll find my character. Okay, <laughs> we'll, we'll sort that out in just a few minutes, uh, okay. whether or not the, the blood but, is meant to be there. I've never been charged. That's me, in a, in a nutshell. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Uh, and of course, we have with us uh, Laurelania with a, uh, a magic apparating table, which isn't truly there. Uh, how's it going, Tia? Uh, it's good. We are having the issue where we can hear ourselves through one of the vmixes, so this is really weird talking, but I'm just going to power through it because I am the greatest. My name is Laurelania, and I'm playing Kari, the Shadow Fae Cleric of the Cat Domain. And I'm really excited to see where this goes tonight. Amazing. Uh, and of course, we have encountered Josh back of our side. Josh, how's it going? It's going wonderful. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You try it. <laughs> it's uh, very confusing hearing myself twice. Um, I am playing Kane, who is a Dampier Ranger. Uh, he's uh, taken one of the Zobek Ranger, um, Zobek Scout background, which is uh, specific to Cobalt Press, which is fantastic. Uh, it's like the Urban Ranger, so I'm very excited to uh, cause some chaos with that. I missed last episode, so I don't know what they're referencing. I'm just assuming that it's all Clunk's fault. Yeah, more or less. It's, well, yeah, uh, <laughs> it may not be I so mean, far from the truth. I think everyone's joining a gang except for Cloak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that may or may, be, may not be the case Very as well. um, yes but uh, before we kick into uh, to get reminded guys of a couple of things the first of which is that we're here thanks to Cobalt Press go over to cobaltpress.com check out the Midgard uh, books and materials over there on their website uh, it's fantastic fun play in your own world uh, and find some uh, new monsters and beasties along the way um, uh, along with that, of course, we're sponsored by FancyGrounds.com, our virtual tabletop of choice, which looks like uh, I've got the right one up now. Uh, so go over there, check it out. It's a good old fun time. Uh, and then, of course, when in games to code UK, the go-to destination for tabletop board games, wargaming minis, and all that good stuff. Uh, check them out for up to 20% off the resale value. And then last but not least, TabletopLoot.com, sponsor the show, and give away a set of dice at the end of each of our games. Uh, so stick around to the end of this one, and you'll be in for a chance to win. Uh, as per usual, you can interact with today's game. If you haven't yet retweeted this tweet, go ahead and do so. Uh, it'll be fun. When we hit 20 retweets, you guys get to decide something which happens next in our game. And of course, at any point, you can donate to the show as well by giving players net 1s, net 20s, wild magic surges, and worse. But I will hand over to our illustrious DM, Dan, to remind us what happened last week on the World Tree Burns. Indeed. So, uh, last time we were picking up right in the midst of the aftermath of uh, a slave escape attempt down in the Cartways Black Market beneath Zobek. Um, so, in the immediate aftermath of that, our heroes found their way out of the panic-induced and flame-riddled and just death-filled tunnels of the Black Market uh, Kane and his owl companion Whisper <laughs> uh, made their way out separately, I believe, as uh, Kane was grievously injured and didn't want to take the chance of running into any trouble uh, that might have been uh, more than they could handle, given that uh, just the uh, the uh, 
formidable nature of those ghost folk running into them in the tunnels would have been uh, quite terrible at the amount of hit points that Kane had left. Uh, and so he uh, he snuck out to go and lick his wounds kind of uh, under cover of uh, solitude and privacy. And so we'll, we'll see what he's been up to soon. Uh, the rest of them made their way back up to the surface. And I believe that led us into our bathhouse episode where uh, everybody decided it was time for a spa day and uh, we're cleansing the grime and, uh, and blood of the previous few days' events in the Strauss public bathhouse in, uh, in Crown Square in, in, uh, in Zobeck. Uh, it was a lovely experience where they were pampered uh, from head to toe. I believe a few of them even got uh, the full uh, massage... <laughs> um, uh, what is it? The the manicure, pedicure, oh, the whole nine yards. They got the whole package. Oh, um, yep, yep. Uh, following that, uh, or was it? Let's see. It was around that time. I believe Cloak had slunk off to go and do some solo investigation again, back down in the black markets the, that following morning, trying to pick up a few leads on the Black Shields and their leader, Van Dessian Thrick, since uh, their attempt to pin him down for information the previous night was thwarted by the Ghost Folk. So he went down and uh, had an enlightening chat with a uh, tiefling girl who worked as a, uh, a maid or just sort of as a, as a tavern girl in the cafe down there and learned that the leader of the Black Shields, along with several of his people, actually tended to frequent the Silk Scabbard, which is the very place that several of our heroes kind of call their home base, uh, particularly Riodan uh, and a few others have kind of sort of claimed that area uh, sort of as home. Uh, and in the course of asking those questions, Cloak managed to garner some negative attention from a few of the Black Shields who didn't care for this gnome poking his masked nose into their business. And so when he was making his way out of the tunnels, he was ambushed by four Black Shields. And uh, things were looking quite dour for him until he realized that all of his assailants were humans in the otherwise unlit tunnels. So he struck their lantern down and plunged them all into darkness, using that and his dark vision to save his tiny gnome hide. And uh, that probably managed to save his life. Uh, and so instead of being butchered by Black Shields, he managed to kill... Uh, ultimately, what you learned was two of them. One in the tunnels, another didn't survive his wounds after escaping. Uh, and that prompted Vandessian Thrick himself to come and seek out our heroes. And he tracked them down at the Silk Scabbard. Uh, and he tracked them down, perhaps surprisingly, with an apology for the atrocious behavior of his men. Uh, as well as an offer for them to join and work for him as a member of the Black Shields Mercenary Company. Uh, I would say that got a tepid response so far, but they did manage to get some information out of Vandessian <laughs> about uh, who hired his men so long ago in a different part of the cartways where those strange shadow cultists were operating. Uh, they learned that while Thrick does not know exactly who hired him because this, uh, this individual used a middleman to conceal his identity, he was able to learn the identity of the middleman and that uh, 
casts a pretty strong implication at uh, at who, or at least gives you a good idea of where to look next for who hired him and who uh, would the to unmask this strange individual who was wielding forbidden magics. Uh, he told you that the individual's name was Dervin Solzeg, and he. Uh, through some skullduggery of his own, managed to learn that Solzeg is a um, a person who works for the Zealous family, one of the influential families in Zobek. Uh, and I believe you guys know that the Zealous family's main uh, area of interest is botanicals. They grow and cultivate all manner of plants, flowers, herbs, uh, and then all the way up to uh, rare and special plants that are used for the making of spell components and in use in alchemy. And you know that the Bonded Brotherhood of Alchemists and the Arcane Collegium are two of their main customers in Zobek. And that is where we left off. And so that is where we will return. Uh, do we have Josh? Are we having issues with... Uh, oh, we're working on it. The camera is we're, here. We're oh, okay. working on it. He's here. All right, good deal. He's there. All right. Okay, so we'll go ahead and pick up with uh, with Kane if uh, if we can do that without too much camera weirdness. Um, uh, so, um, no, he's just not in the room at the moment. So oh, he's not in the room. No, no problem. No problem. All right. Uh, so then I'll I'll, uh, I'll kick it back over to you guys. So we'll say um, you've had a little more time to uh, tinker with the coded copy of the Journal of Werner Strauss that you folks had made. Um, I believe at this point, Glazishin has managed to decode several spells, all shadow magic spells, mm -hmm. and I think you had enough time and money to um, copy them all into your spellbook. I did, because uh, so. it's, it's same as standard 5e rules, so it's uh, 50 gold per level mm -hmm. and then yep. hours, so yep, I will go ahead and deduct that from my uh, my gold. And uh, one go. thing that Glaz would be interested in, and I'm not sure if, um, let's just sort of see. Uh, as Glaz is going through and decoding these spells, he comes across this spell called uh, Shadow Blade, which gets him very uh, interested. And so, and he starts to think, uh, he's got this flame dragon tooth. Um, you know, he hasn't wielded uh, any sort of bladed weapon or a dagger or anything like that, but he's kind of thinking that, wow, this shadow blade, he could have, you know, maybe summon up, but then, you know, have a dagger in his other hand in case he, things have been getting awfully close to glass, which gets him very nervous. And he doesn't have a whole lot to do when someone gets right up in his tusks. So, um, Fair. While uh, I don't think Paula Everforge would may be able to do something uh, with this uh, this dragon thing, um, he's kind of hoping maybe he can either go to the Hedgehog or to ask around of who might be able to make some kind of you know uh, magical special something for a wizard out of this dragon tooth that he has. Do you have something specific in mind you want to try and have done with the tooth? Like you're talking about making it into a dagger or? Uh, into a dagger, um, I mean, totally, you know, kind of using meta knowledge, but to, you know, there is a, a dragon tooth dagger that it's a uh, out there in the world, but, and Zobek might be the place to get one. I don't know whether I would find someone or have nearly enough gold to get one, but he would certainly <laughs> want to research into that type of idea. Okay. Um, well, as far as just turning the tooth into a dagger, you think that's something that Paula Everforge could definitely do. Uh, she is an extremely skilled smith, and she can easily, you know, create a hilt and handle to set the tooth in as the blade, and then it would require probably some finessing to 
you know, sharpen it just right to make it useful as a dagger. But but yeah, yeah, that's certainly something that could be uh, could be accomplished. Yep. Um, I think that Glaz. Um, I'm thinking that Glaz. Again, talking to people at the Hedgehog, knowing that dragon teeth are kind of a, a rare commodity. Uh, mm-hmm. Might would you? Know, uh, I was just looking it up. It is a rare. It's a rare magical item, so it might be sort of kind of above where you want us to be. Where um, is it from? So, uh, it is a dragon tooth dagger. Uh, it is uh, out of which book? Let me see. Oh, I bet it's out. Uh, oh, I bet it's out of one of the um, cult of the dragon queen ones because it says that it against folks that basically what it does is it has it adds. In this case, one d six acid damage plus its normal one d four damage. I was thinking with a flame oh. dragger tooth, but right. that's me like inventing magical weapons, which we can talk with offline. But anyway, he would probably hold on to it, thinking he wants to do something special with it, perhaps to have you know see if there's some innate properties of it that might be useful for uh, something else. In um, in D and D Beyond, it's uh, just called a, da- a dragon tooth dagger. Right. I think it's from the Rise of Tiamat. Uh, appendix. Probably. Uh, I have not. Yeah. Okay. Um, sure. Uh, so getting it enchanted is another thing entirely, but having yeah. it, you know, fashioned and made into a dagger, a functional dagger, that is easily something that Paula can set you up with. So you can spend some time um, the next day, since I believe you met Thrick uh, that evening, mm-hmm. uh, since you were kind of uh, just sort of staking out the the silk scabbard until he showed up, and when he did, he came and made a beeline straight for you guys. Uh, so yeah, you can easily spend some time uh, talking to Paula, and then she can do the yep. work, which actually won't take very long at all. So you have yourself a functional dagger made of the flame dragon's tooth. Cool. So just a quick question: Would mm-hmm. that make it not be able to be enchanted into a dragon tooth dagger later, or does that just like step one? And then if I can find an enchanter and have gold. Right, that's step one. Okay, so yeah, he would go ahead and then take care of step one. Um, okay. With what would she charge for such services? And would I she mean, need the fire for it? Uh, she probably does not need the heart of fire for it. Um, she's not, you know, doing any significant work with this the way she was with that scale. So uh, she, I mean, she wouldn't charge you a whole lot for this. We'll call it, um, we'll call it two gold, basically cost of a dagger. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, will... She would probably charge other people more, but you're probably getting a significant goodwill discount. Gotcha. Cool, cool. No, so, kind yeah, of, you know, will, saving you will her life. Do that and say hello to Paula. How are you doing? I have this tooth. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> sure, uh, that that happens relatively quickly. Yes, cloak. Um, we left out a cliffhanger uh, last week, um, and since we're all here. I think we need to find out what our team name is. Indeed, uh, I didn't want to. I didn't want to put you guys <laughs> I, on the spot. I thought we were going to go with the cloak and daggers. The cloak and daggers. I thought was what we were. Oh, I thought anyway. we were doing glass and fronts. Wait, what? <laughs> that was my suggestion. My suggestion was Glass and Friends because uh, I, I like to think it's like the Partridge Family, and we like ride around on a, a, a wagon singing songs. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I now have a dragon, ta- dragon tooth, da- dragon tooth. Golly, 
Well, I just can't say that. I now have a dagger, so cloak and daggers works is kind of cool. I like. I like that as well. That's a hard word to say. <laughs> Dragon tooth. I like is... cloak and daggers because you I know like cloak and daggers. It works cloak. on multiple levels. I think everyone. Everyone's like cloak and daggers, and cloak's like I don't want to be the center of attention, but fuck it, you guys are just going to talk I'm over me. Not going to be <laughs> because when they come finding us for the crimes we've committed, they won't who's be able to find who's the leader. <laughs> he is the leader. He's the one His that put me right up in to the it. Title. <laughs> What's your oh, name? Right. Blanket. <laughs> <laughs> cloak and blanket. Overcoat. <laughs> blanket and butternuts. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, so if that's settled, then you're going to call yourselves the Cloak and Daggers. I think so. All right. There you have it. All right, so uh, let's go to Kane. All right, okay. So, uh, yeah, what would uh, what would um, Kane's sort of uh, plan be for the immediate aftermath of having been cooked near to death by a fireball, hacked to bits by ghost folk, and uh, and narrowly escaping his doom in the in the cartways black market for a few days? Um. Probably laying low, drinking, avoiding fights, um, just doing everything you can to stay out of the way of anyone who looks like they're stronger than a a light breeze. Well, that's simple enough. Uh, So you'll be able to recover from the the brunt of your wounds easily after a day or so. Um, And then, you know, you'll still have lingering uh, burns and uh, and healing actual, you know, the the actual physical wounds of all the damage you took. And over the course of a few days, um, your your Dampir healing, you can even uh, speed that up by uh, lurking out to get a nip of blood here and there if you're feeling adventurous. And, uh, and then, so within the course of a few nights rest and supplemented by the, the blood of your fellow fellow Zobeckers, uh, you'll find yourselves basically good as new, um, n- not even any real uh, scarring or anything like that. And so you can uh, emerge from hiding. Uh, Whisper, likewise, has kind of hunkered down. Um, and, and as you recall, uh, several people, uh, you know, Kane himself have been noticing that Whisper has been um, behaving very, very in tune with you. Uh, you'll notice, uh, for instance, you, you might not have noticed it at the time, but when the fireball went off, that's something that would easily be instant death to a creature like an owl. However, thankfully, Whisper was nowhere in the area. As soon as trouble broke out, he flew off of your arm, partially because it's hard to keep an owl comfortable when you start flipping around in combat. Also because his weight would kind of uh, weigh down your arm and make it difficult for you to maneuver and make your attacks. So as soon as trouble happens, he kind of takes off and then either flies up above you or find sort of a, a vantage point perch. And so uh, coincidentally, because of that, he managed to avoid the fireball and uh, burning to death right there. Throughout the course of those few days, you start getting the feeling that he's actually looking out for you. Like he's checking corners while you're walking. He might uh, fly up ahead to get a better look. And he almost gives you like this, uh, almost like an all clear sort of look or signal when uh, when places are, are, are clear for you to pass through. He's actually stopped you from walking down an alleyway one time that had some uh, unsavory characters in there. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think uh, he's just trying very hard to uh, yeah, steer clear of uh, 
of, of people who are uh, trouble, people who are, you know, tough. And also, like, you know, he doesn't actually go looking for his friends, I don't imagine. Like, at the moment, right. like, he had a fucking rough time. And he's kind of under the impression that whoever was there's there's every chance that they got out the ghost folk got out if they're out um looking uh for him then i guess uh they probably want a group and i don't want us to all get caught at once sure uh so over the course of a few days you you get yourself <laughs> back together your uh your your health is restored and you're feeling more comfortable uh kind of breaking out from from laying low and uh, and tracking down your your companions. So we'll say it's a good three four days later at that point. Yeah. Um, in which case, I'm yeah. Well, I mean, where do I find all of my uh, my companions? So I imagine round about this time, uh, you might run into Glaz. Um, you could probably find both uh, Glaz and Cloak at their house that they rent. Uh, you could find Riodan most certainly at the Silk Scabbard most any evening. Um, Kari, any time, really. <laughs> yeah. What's uh, what's Kari kind of doing for the course of those few days while you were waiting for Thrick to show up, and then maybe a day or so afterwards? Um, Kari would. <sighs> she uh, agreed to what was going on, but. She'd probably just be chilling back and relaxing. I mean, I can't really force Glass to work on the ley line any faster. <laughs> I don't really understand what's going on magic-wise. Um, sure. So yeah, uh, I think that um, besides attempting to do her own research and harassing Glass, like every five minutes, like, what do you think we should do, Glass? What do you think we should do, Glass? What do you think we should do, Glass? And at some point, I imagine that I'll even become annoying to Glass, who is usually the person that's talking off everybody else's ears, and we'll just kind of go into my room for some meditation and thinking about where the group should move forward. All right, so why don't uh, Kari and Glaz, for kind of checking things out over the course of those few days, why don't you guys give me, uh, pick one of you to roll a um, Intelligence Arcana check with advantage, with the other's help? Can you grab that for me, Glaz, right now while I try and troubleshoot? I am muted. Looks like you're muted. What? Okay. Hmm. I assume um, that since she's bugging me okay. for, uh, there is. I'll, I'll I'll roll with advantage. Uh, on so wait, yes. now we're muted here too as well. No, no, no. You're uh, you're not. No, we can hear 16. you. Sixteen. It was me. It was me. I was muted. Sixteen. Okay. So looking at uh, the information that Kari has from the, the Shadow Realm side of things, that uh, apparently. Not only has there been some sort of lay disruption on the, the Shadow Road ley line that you're well aware of already, Glaz, and it has kind of slowly, steadily sort of um, uh, sort of flowing back into back into prominence and power. The Shadow Road itself that follows that ley line has been cut off. And so the Shadow Fey have not been able to traverse their main artery across the face of Midgard and from the Shadow Realm to Midgard's waking, brighted world itself. Um, that is very disturbing since they are kind of the undisputed masters of the Shadow Roads. Um, so you sit down and you do a little research with the materials that you can get from the library at the Collegium, and you're able to determine that 
in addition to that strange siphoning effect that the little leyline tributary at the halls of everforge was having you suspect that that is essentially a microcosm of a much bigger effect or problem that's going on which tells you that the this titanic leyline itself is being tapped somewhere upstream it's either being drained of energy or that energy is being essentially think of it as a stream that's been damped and now you guys are downstream and there's just this faint trickle that manages to slip through uh, the dam. So, um, would uh, I, would I know whether or not Castle Strauss is upstream of the ley line? Uh, yes, yes. You have a, a fairly prominent um, drawing of the major ley lines on your on your moose skin, and oh, checking moose. your records. Yeah, on your moose, and checking your records against the, some of the information that you can find in the library. Now, if you could actually get to you know volumes that were once contained in the Strauss Library, that would be much much more helpful. But those books are incredibly rare and uh, wizards and scholars will go ahead and kill for those, so you don't have any good access to them at the moment. Um, not to mention that a lot of them vanished somewhere between here and uh, the Magocracy of Elaine. It's hard to say what's going on with a lot of those volumes. But you're able to, to pin down that, yes, Castle Strauss is indeed on the path of the Shadow Road Ley Line as it wends its way through the Margrave down to Zobek. Um, so, Kari... I have, as I have been continuing doing your research at your insistence, and also trying to uh, to, um, to translate this journal, I'm I'm concerned that there could perhaps be a connection between the two. Um, you'll see, and I pull out the moose skin. You'll see here is a shadow road that that your people use, but um, unfortunately, the while the ley line is starting to get back to normal, as, you know, ley lines do, but uh, it's taking some she time. She nods like she completely understands what you're saying. Um. Well, yes, but the, the thing is, is that if it is normalizing, the road should open back up. But the, from what you've told me, it is not. So that is that is bad. Um, as we like to say in the uh, magical realms, that is bad. Um, but anyway, so... Um, you see, there is this entity that that uh, that Werner Strauss talks about. That uh, when he was having these nightmares in Castle Strauss, that there was some some uh, entity that was happening up there that uh, was driving him quite crazy. I mean, like crazy as a loon, crazy. And um, he ended up making a pact with it, which gave him this shadow magic. And I showed you these spells that were in here. These are not insubstantial spells that he was. Uh, that he was uh, he was having access to. You'll see, for the ley line to be acting like it is, it is like it has been dammed, like a beaver. You know, uh, do you know what the beaver is? Little creature that runs around, makes you blocks up strings. Yes. I actually, uh, but, for once, am following your line of reasoning, friend. I too had thought that the ley lines would work like a river, and my next line of questioning would be, what would happen? If the ley lines were damned, would the magic go somewhere else? And if so, well, where it, would it come out? Well, that's the thing. Someone is either tapping it, which they are utilizing it for something, or they are letting it build up. And just like a dam, it basically can then be used all at once for one big hoof 
of power when you need it. So what we are looking for is who is who is our little shadow beaver who has crossed the dam up at Castle Strauss or potentially somewhere else up upstream. Mm. I am so thankful for you, Glass. This is important information. So, Kane, uh, I'm going to say that in your course of sort of searching the usual haunts for your companions, you're going to figure that Glass and Cloak are probably trying to pick up girls at the library. And so you'll run across Glass and Kari going through their uh, their research and sort of uh, spitballing their theories on why the, the Shadow Road uh, is malfunctioning. It looks like you have returned to us from the dead. I kind of look at Glass like yeah, I made a joke. So, yes, did you hear all of that, Uriel uh, Dan? We are, uh, we, I believe we are in search of uh, some some little nefarious uh, folks who have bound up the ley line. Uh, we are referring shadow to them as a shadow beaver. Hmm. Well... What 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 do we what do we do and and why do we why do we care? We care because oh, no, be people care, and also if the magic ends up somewhere else and one person becomes that powerful with magic, they could cause quite a bit of trouble for other people. And I know you are uh, a champion of the people, if nothing else. True enough. It's cloak. True enough. She goes back to her notes. Yeah, you guys, you guys, over the course of running okay. into each other, uh, quickly meet back up. I, I would say I'm in the opposite aisle and all of a sudden like some books just like fall out and he's like peeks his head through and he's like actually if you think about it um, this is what you need to be concerned about because uh, I've been listening and uh, we actually already kind of ran into that if you remember Glass, uh with the, the fire dragon right uh, that was dammed up so they can open a gate to the realm of fire to get the brass army. Now, if you're experiencing the same thing with the Shadow Road, that means someone's damming it up to use all its potential magical energy to do something similar to that? A shadow Maybe? dragon? Well, or an entity. It means that it's right in here. Whatever this entity might be. What, what's, what's a, okay. Kari, you're from the Shadow Realm. What is a ferocious shadow monster that someone would want to summon to here to ruin our lives? Uh, I, I, <laughs> My first initial thought is the king of the winter court, but I don't say that out loud because <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, uh, if if the moonlit king were to show up, that would certainly be very bad, um, or at least very interesting. Uh, although the rumor is that he has either been trucking with demons or perhaps he's gone mad, uh, so difficult to This is only furthering that theory. Yeah. <laughs> that's, um, that's not your, your Your first instinct of a shadow dragon, I mean, you've heard of such things, dragons that have, uh, have been corrupted by shadow, taken by it. Um, they are formidable, they are terrifying, uh, they can snuff life out literally with a breath. I have a few theories of my own, and if, can I also maybe make an intelligence uh, check of some kind? I don't know what that would really fall under. Maybe survival uh, for, like, the land? 
if there's anything else that like more obscure that would come to mind than what I've already thought oh, of, or um, is that pretty much what I would get? Yeah, you can go ahead and make an intelligence check. Um, can I insist her to give her advantage with some, I, my, some? Here's a question: Would is it general magical yeah. knowledge about warlocks having packs to give them magic? Is pack magic something that pe- that is relatively well known to a wizard? Oh yeah, oh absolutely. And, no, you guys. Benny, I mean, all of you have easily heard of pack magic. Kari, you're oh, well yeah. aware that yeah. Uh, that <laughs> yeah, cloaks just over there like yeah, no, never heard of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah uh, so, cloak Nimheim is up to its damn eyebrows and warlocks. Um, There's contracts everywhere. Kari, <laughs> <laughs> um, Kari, you know packs with the Archfey are are uh, common, way more common than you feel like maybe they should be. Um, <laughs> these these things are you know binding for a lifetime and beyond, and people seem to enter into them for sometimes the most trivial of reasons for things like, you know, wealth or revenge, things that you can easily get on your own if you really want them. Uh, why do you bind yourself to one of these entities forever for it? This, is this, by the way, is why shadow magic ensnares so many mortals, because they don't think. <laughs> so I would remind her that whatever this entity is was powerful enough to create a pact with Werner Strauss to give him magic. Hmm. Okay. Um, given that, I will allow that to count as a help to give you advantage, but maybe advantage not for the reasons maybe not for the reasons Glass thinks. Okay. So you can go um, ahead and make an intelligence check with it. Yeah, my 18 would have been the, uh, my 18 okay. would have been the best of the two, because I rolled them individually and hit the advantage button. Um, Very good. Uh, do you have an intelligence bonus, or are you just straight up? Uh, I do not have any bonuses, because remember what I okay. rolled for my character stats? <laughs> I, I remember roughly, yep. <laughs> All right, so an 18, an 18 is good enough, so you're kind of thinking about it, and there's any number of powerful dark creatures that you think it could be, but you kind of just play your memory back through the events that have kind of arisen since you all have been adventuring together, you know, beyond the simple stuff that you've done, like guarding, a, helping guard a caravan between Zobek and the City of Lanterns, that sort of thing. Uh, what really, these events really kicked off with your, uh, your seemingly innocuous uh, job to recover that missing journal. And you recall the figure in the white robe and hood down in the ritual space that, that vanished on the wings of powerful magic. You didn't really click to it before, but the way it made you feel when that figure spoke those hideous non-words, if you remember, the things that uh, evaporated Glass's magic and made you all sick to your stomachs and caused those spontaneous nosebleeds, you remember having a nightmare and you woke with blood pouring out through cracked lips and you remember these vague snatches of imagery from that nightmare where a figure in white, you know, maybe the same figure that you saw in the, the cartways below Zobek, maybe not. Uh, in the dream, it was much more dirty, filthy, tattered. But you remember these horrible marks on the figure's arm holding that cruciform dagger, those strange symbols. And you remember looking at those symbols, how it made it feel like your skin was trying to peel off of you because of the wrongness of those images. And that feeling is 
very much the same as you experienced hearing that figure speak those words before it vanished. Isn't it all possible magic. for me to sketch like a from memory, like a like one of the symbols or something that reminds me of it, like kind of in that creepy where where like all of a sudden I remember something and then grab a pen and like quickly sketch it out right. and be like, I think it's this. Okay, so I think some of you might have tried to do some of this before. Glass, didn't you try to write down the words that you heard? I did. One time? I did back when we were when I was downloading to my buddy. Um, yep. Uh, to the, to the uh, master we were working for back at the Collegium. I have lost his. It's here somewhere. Rudwin Whitstone. Yep, that's him. Um, yep. Party kind of okay. like her hair and is like, I think I know what this is, but I can't bring the words to memory that white robed figure of nightmares. So you, you snatch a, a sheet of parchment, parchment from uh, Glass's stack and you grab a, oh, hey, a yeah. char, a, like a charcoal <laughs> pencil and you start kind of desperately trying to sketch out these letters or runes or symbols that you remember seeing that seemed like almost they were burnt into this figure's skin. Um, your memory of these things, it's almost like oil and water. Your your memory your mind just sort of slides off of them as you try to uh, as you try to picture what they look like. So in the end, it's it's frustrating and difficult. But what actually gives you some success is you stop thinking about it and you just sort of remember the feeling that it gave you, and you just sort of let your hand go, almost like uh, automatic writing. If you guys are familiar with that as a, a divination tool where you sort of kind of let a spirit write for you, that kind of deal, you start doing that, right? You just sort of get yourself back into the headspace of that nightmare. And the rest of you watch as Kari's eyes kind of roll up uh, behind her lids, just showing the whites through uh, through barely, uh, barely opened eyelids. And as she starts to sketch, her hand starts to move in this almost mechanical fashion, and she starts marking these symbols on the parchment. And immediately you can all smell the stink of rotting meat. And you look down, and the black charcoal marks on the paper sink into the parchment, and you can see that this bubbling black starts to spread from the symbols out across the paper. And at the edges, you can see these tendrils of black, like veins growing through the parchment as she writes these things. Uh, do I sense okay. a portal? You do not sense a portal. Okay, that's it. Okay, I'm not, I'm not super concerned, but I'm not, uh, that's a creepy shit. <laughs> Uh, Are the black Whisper, tendrils like going up the charcoal into her hand. Do we need to like? Uh, why don't you make me a? Uh, let's see. You're look. You're you're specifically looking for that. So it looks like maybe just the charcoal is rubbing off on her fingertips. So there's like some you know dark discoloration on her fingers, but it could just be from the charcoal. You don't okay. see like veins digging into yeah, her flesh or anything like that. It's not like, like it's. That. It's not like it's starting to infect her. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't look like it. So let me keep uh, writing. <laughs> Uh, um, whisper, whisper on your shoulder. His talons dig through your clothing and kind of prick your flesh, and his feathers start to flare up in in agitation as this is happening. I, I'm, I look to Glaz for guidance. Sort of, this is like gonna have to What's be Glaz. Who makes a this call. is weird. Uh, I'm gonna keep writing until I, somebody. Yeah, remember. Okay, yeah, remembering, uh, um, 
master she kind diviners. Of gets into, she kind of gets into a loop, and as you guys are kind of chatting and thinking about this, Riodan, uh, you're kind of watching in this sort of grim fascination as she starts to draw these things. At first, it seems kind of just random where she's placing them on the page, but you can see it's starting to take on like a spiral uh, form as she marks these things over and over and over again. And as she goes, she starts to write faster and faster, and these symbols are more and more sharp and clear, and that rotten smell starts to get stronger and thicker as uh, as she goes. Yeah. And um, she starts pulling stuff back of your neck. At, at this, yeah, at this point, Cloak Cloak would like fucking be like, oh, because he's seen that before. He's probably seen like devils like possess people and fucking start doing that shit for fun. Uh, and so he would like climb through the bookshelf that he was at and go and fucking like kick the fucking charcoal out of fucking Kari's hand. Okay. Uh, yeah, glad like there's a, there's a thumping sound as, as books like, yeah, cascade through as he clamors his way through the stacks. And he like launches up as as Glass is like reaching for the uh, the charcoal. He uh, he just boots Kari's hand and sends the charcoal flying across the room. Uh, Kari, you snap back to your senses with this sort of dull pain in your hand. Um, your fingertips feel like they're frozen, frozen almost numb. Uh, the rest of you uh, just kind of look down, and that that feeling that was growing. Uh, relaxes somewhat, and you can see, yeah, just that 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 maddening, spiraling welter of letters and runes on the parchment, uh, and you can see the entire parchment to the edges is almost black, both from the letters written on it and also from that strange oil-like, veiny corruption that's spread along it. There's almost no brown parchment color left. Hey, Dan, can yeah. I read this? Oh, can you God damn Sorry. it. Can you read them? Can I read this? Do I understand? Because I have I have had this creepy thing that I still haven't managed to figure out that I just innately seem to pick up on language and everything. And oh, yeah. Do I know what this looks like? Interesting. All right. No, but... I would like you to make me an intelligence intelligence arcana check with advantage. Uh, your character sheet is... Yeah, I was going to ask if I can make an arcana check too on uh, anything I recognize what she drew as well. Do you you have your stats on your Uh, record? I can tell you right now, Cloak, it is not Infernal. Um, Infernal Mm -hmm. has a a very... While it's dark and awful in a lot of ways, it has a very comforting sense of order to it this has none of that none of that it's not even it's not even the abyssal dialect that you get out of the demons from the 11 hells it's it's something beyond even that what's beyond that (laughs) so uh how did how did we do on that intelligence check are we doing i think he's working working with his sheet Uh, yeah, because we're on one fantasy grounds, which is mine, so okay. we're just going to roll a d20, and we have a physical oh, copy fine. of yeah. our character sheets, because yeah, yeah, yeah. we're good players, and we're just finding it. Uh, so that so that's an 11. 13. 13. No, it's not 13. That's my oh. modifier, not yours. No, no. Oh, oh yeah, your no, modifier no. is yeah. also a plus two? Yeah. Okay. Did you roll with advantage? Uh, oh, no, no, that was just once, yeah, sorry. Okay. I thought I was at Toss it again. Um, toss it again. Up to the left. 
Uh, to the right. Oh, Seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. 17. Alright, so you have a bit of a breakthrough, Kane. You can't understand it, but all this weird effect, whenever you've been able to understand languages, they've always been spoken. The one time that you've understood, the one or two times that you've understood written languages that you've never seen before, you have been touching whatever the language was written on, or Whisper had been touching it. Either you touched it yourself, or Whisper Whisper flew up and sat on the plinth with the dwarven runes on it. Yep. I'm going to step away for one quick second. I'll be right back. While Dan, as the DM is gone, I press my face against the runes <laughs> and with zero regard. Thank you for bearing with us through the technical issues on yeah. our side as well. We're trying our best over here. It's our, my first time setting up a studio for more than one person. All right. So after you press your face on the parchment, no. Uh, Fuck you. <laughs> uh, he's got wireless, wireless headphones, Mamma Jamma. All right. Um, no. So. Yeah, you come to the realization that whenever you've been able to read written languages that you didn't otherwise know, you you or Whisper have been in contact with what it was written on. Okay, I I look at Whisper and like the way Whisper reacted when this was being written. There's no way I'm, I'll put my bird through that. I look to <laughs> Kali, to Glass and Riordan and uh, say... There is something I could try. But like you can see that Kane is like like sweaty palms, like just the idea of doing it is making him uncomfortable. For the sake of my people, I ask that you try. I, I look I'm gonna look at Riordan and I'm gonna look at Kari. Um, I mean she looks awful right now, so yeah. I why would he look at me? He's looked at everyone else, but I'm down here, and he's just like, oh, look at everyone at Adam. <laughs> you're, you're like, you're, you're, you're standing on the table right now, yeah. <laughs> uh, Glass will say, uh, the Master Diviner said that this was very dangerous. He, as I tried to do this for him, he stopped me and told me not to go further, but we do have both Riodan and Kari here to hopefully correct anything that might go horribly, horribly wrong. <laughs> I don't think I'll be any help. Yes, if anything, I, he, like, I think it'll go worse if I try. So. Do I oh, have no, I'm just saying you maybe could heal him or like, you know, if his hand falls off, stick it yeah, back on. Yeah. Oh, right. No, I'm good. That kind of thing. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah. It, can, do I have any concept of possession? And because I know like Cloak has sort of known about this, uh, like the idea, which is why he's pushed Kari away. But would I know that's a risk? A, a concept of what possession? Yeah, from like texts or anything like that. Because he's oh, got the I he's mean, got the warlock stuff that I just don't know. Oh sure. Um, I, I mean, you know, you, you've heard tales of of powerful like demonic creatures or even undead spirits that could try to I- inhabit a living body and and take it as their own. Um, you don't necessarily have any thought that this is connected to that. Yeah, okay. Alright. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna take my weapons and I'm gonna take them off. And I'm gonna ask right. Glass to hold them. Um Actually no, I'm gonna ask Cloak. I, I'm gonna turn to Cloak and I'm gonna say Hold these. And okay. like take all my weapons off. Who's got the biggest weapon out of all of us? Weapons. 
Yeah. Who's got the biggest weapon? Yeah. I don't want to be that guy to um, ask, but I mean, it's I, th- I think <laughs> it's probably whip. Kane. Probably Kane. My whip I mean, is his pretty surge, huge. His his whip is impressive. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I wanna I wanna hand Reardon my sword, and I'm gonna look at him, and I'm gonna say, "You know me best. If I am no longer myself, don't let me endanger you." <laughs> Don't worry about that, darling. I'll run you straight through if you want. <laughs> I don't think that there isn't anything you wouldn't run straight through. Oh, damn. <laughs> like, just like, to make this conversation end, I lick the book. Like, I'm, thinking, oh, like, I'm done hearing about that. I, 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 will, I will take my hand. And I, Seems I will take, Yeah, I... I <laughs> fingers oh. on my... I'm just going to press my thumb against the book. My left right, hand. So you just like, just like no, right in the middle right, of the. My right, my right hand. My right hand. Right hand. Sorry, I need right to figure out. If I lose this, can I still <laughs> fire my bow? I'm, I'm being very particular about this. My right Got thumb. It. Got it. All right, which which finger can I do without? Let's go with the thumb. Fantastic. <laughs> Little finger. Final answer. Right pinky. Right pinky. Right, on the book. right, right pinky. Just kind of pressing it right in the middle of the parchment, in the middle of the spiral. <laughs> This is like demonic twister, like right <laughs> pinky to big black spiral splodge. I got this. Okay. Uh, so I would like to start things off by you making a charisma saving throw. Fuck my life. <laughs> you can do I, it. My, my lyric, uh, I don't like where this is going. You have a negative two to your charisma. <laughs> Go and roll it. I'm fucking dead. Okay. You can do it. Just roll it. A little bit. Ooh, that's a nine. That's a nine. Minus two is a nine, eh? All right. <laughs> so Kane reaches out. Kane reaches out and presses his pinky into this, this black smear of charcoal and what smells like rotting flesh in the center of what was once a pristine piece of parchment. A fairly high-quality parchment. Um, he presses his finger into it, and his eyes turn black. And he throws his head back and screams at the top of his lungs, and you can like hear his vocal cords straining and you know bordering on tearing. Oh, is it like that uh, weird demon shit where it's like three voices at once and it's a ah? It's, uh, it's it's mostly it's mostly just it's just an agonized scream, uh, and you can hear just these faint echoes of other words that don't seem to be coming from him. They're just sort of arising from nowhere in the room. What does everyone do? I keep watching. Uh, just, just as a note, is anyone else creeped yeah. out by the weird little demon figure that literally it looks like Josh is holding hands with in the stream? Oh, did you notice that? That is so fucked no, no, yeah, that's been there the since day one, and I, yeah, I literally sometimes Neil will tell you I talk to him. Like when I'm when I'm not in a scene, I'm just like, "Hey, bud, how's it going?" Like, I don't know. Never gonna sleep again. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm just a kobold. Don't mind me. I can't stop. Uh, I think <laughs> oh. 
would uh, be like, you, you have to be quiet. We're in the library, King. And then roll perception to what he's listening to, the whispers. Because he's always, um, like, the whispers would catch his ear. Okay. Um, the whispers are maddeningly imperceptible. It's like they're almost words, but not quite. They just sort of mm-hmm. slide past your understanding and your hearing. It's like uh, it's like it almost becomes a voice, almost like EVP in a in a audio recording. Oh, it's yeah. Okay. It's like cracks and and snaps and pops and just like weird sounds of Rice Krispies that almost sound like words, uh, but you can't quite make it out. Uh, what does everybody else? How do you all react? So that's so he's paying attention to the whispers. Glass, what's your reaction? Uh, Glass is trying to think fast, um, and uh, you might get. Uh, I don't think that that's going to do. Uh, no, that doesn't let me move things. I was hoping that Maximilian's earth and grasp would let me actually like grab him and throw him off the book, um, but. Oh, I know what I'm doing. I know what Glass is doing. Um, Glass is scared. He goes, I told you. He pulls out. Um, fuck. He pulls out uh, the. Um, he pulls out the Heart of Fire and All right. lights the paper on fire. Just like smashes it down on the paper? Like oh, smashes it down the paper. Well, he's got, it's in a lantern now. But basically, lantern, the yeah. idea of seeing that before darkness led from the elemental fire, the light of the elemental fire back in the Margrave Forest. He is going to burn the paper. And I know his hand is right there, but at this point, he's worried for his friend, Kane. All right. Uh, So you smash the lantern with the heart of fire, uh, the heart of flame, this blue pure elemental moat down onto this parchment as Cain basically just screams the entire contents of his lungs, draws a ragged breath and starts to scream again. Uh, and you can now hear that as the midst of the scream, he's starting to say something. Uh, no, the lantern no. comes smashing down. Uh, the glass inside the shutters shatters and this blue flame pours out almost like a liquid onto the parchment and immediately begins incinerating it. Um, the strange voices you've heard echoing around the room s- rise in pitch to this sudden squeal, like a like a little sh- cacophony of shrieks. Um, the s- flames swirl around the parchment, and it starts to disintegrate, burning into cinders, roiling in this blue flame. And the flame starts to burn into the wood of the table and spread out to some of the other uh, books and parchments there as well. Also, uh Kane. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh you're gonna you're gonna go ahead and take a little take a little you take uh, one point okay. of fire damage. Thankfully uh okay. Glaz is very careful with how he uh smashes it down. Um, he starts and a fire the, in the library. <laughs> the pain so, is <laughs> enough to kind of the pain is enough to kind of snap you back to enough attention to snatch your hand away and clutch it to your chest, and you sort of stumble back and fall to your knees, and you manage to start drawing in a breath and stop screaming uncontrollably at the moment. Um, there's really well, nothing. You're 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 still you're basically incapacitated at this point. You can't take any actions. Can't really do much. Um, the fire roils and swirls with the blackened ash of the parchment. Glaz, what are you doing? 
Trying to... Oh yeah, Glass is going to try to contain it. I mean, he's not going to set the the library on fire. But I mean, sure. with his lantern, with the idea that you know that was made specifically to contain it, um, and as he's seen before, he was you know he and Paula were able to sort of scoop it back in. I mean, he's going to sort right. of come back home, come back to your little home here. Hey, you know, he yeah, okay, like, so stop uh, shit out on the table right now. He's like, no, no. <laughs> All right. So the, uh, the heart of flame is still contained in the lantern. It just looks like some of the fire it gives off poured out. Gotcha. So it didn't all pour out. So you can kind of snap the shutter down and, and pull it back because as you watch the blue flame, that's picking up these blackened charred, and corrupted bits starts to warp in color and turns more green. And you can see as it swirls up in a, uh, essentially in a phantom breeze, almost like a, uh, like a fire twister uh, off the table up into the air. It's about as tall as cloak at this point. And you can see a blackened smear here and there in this green flame swirling around. And as it twists by, it sort of stretches into the vague semblance of eyes and an open mouth. So the next few minutes are a chaotic welter as this this flame is imbued with some sort of uh, blasphemous existence and starts to move around the table, setting things and you guys on fire. We're not going to jump into combat or anything, but you guys strike into strike into action. Oh, do you have something you'd like to do, Cloak? <laughs> I want to use my uh, planar warrior uh, uh-huh. to fucking attack this thing. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's, that's yeah. what I was about to launch into. You know, um, cloaks, cloaks blade sparkles with blue force along the edge. You draw all of your weapons and ready your spells, and you slay what was essentially a spontaneously created uh, kind of a minor fire elemental. Oh, shit. that seems to draw. It seemed to draw some sort of unholy life from whatever the fuck was written on that parchment. Um, in, in, you know, it's a good 10 seconds and, and it's done, right? The, the smell of smoke is hanging thick in the air. Uh, you can see several of the books you had out are, are now pretty, uh, obviously damaged. Uh, several pages of notes you took are destroyed. There's a huge char spot on the, the wood of the table. And you can see beyond that, those, uh, that strange corruption and those seeking vines or, uh, uh, like veins that were on the parchment have actually dug into the wood of the table. Oh, that. Symbolic. I'm looking around to make sure the librarian isn't anywhere near us. I look to uh, uh, cloak. I think we're. I think we might lose our library cards. <laughs> no, okay, okay. Let me tell you. Five days ago, not even five days ago, Theron, he accidentally cast burning hands. And he put some books, and he still comes here. So no, this would be fine. This is, no, I'm not losing my library card. <laughs> I say, cobalt around. Is Cloak's nemesis the cobalt around? Uh, not at the moment. Not at the moment, thankfully. Is, <laughs> is anyone even gonna? Is anyone exactly. even gonna check me for a pulse? Or are you just so fucking oh, worried about your library I thought I was incapacitated. You were you incapacitated. Uh, well, he managed to stop screaming after the fire washed over his hand, but his oh, mind okay. is still I sort roll of a medicine check. Still then, sort of please, I thought was... Yeah, yeah, you can make an intelligence medicine check. Sorry, uh, it was the medicine. 
Uh, I do not have proficiency in medicine, but I'm going to give it a go anyways, because you're my buddy. a wisdom check. Uh, okay. All right. So he has uh, a minor minor burns on his hand. Nothing nothing terrible. Um, he is. Oh God, what's what's the way to do? It? He he's kind of got a thousand yard stare at the moment. Although thankfully his eyes aren't black anymore. Uh, you can see that the in the whites of his eyes there are sort of red patches where it looks like some of his blood vessels have burst, and he's had a few little eye bleeds. Um, and there is a little trickle of blood just sort of starting to, to run out of one of his nostrils. Uh, other than that, he has kind of gotten a little bit of his composure back. He's not really saying anything, but he's staring down at his burnt hand, and he's kind of mumbling something over and over again. Can I perceive Can I roll first? Can I, sure. can I know? Can I know what <laughs> You're possessed yeah, now. Uh, There's no hope for you. So what what just happened with you, Kane? Uh, it, it's difficult looking back on it as you come to your senses, trying to make sense of it. You had something in your head, and you couldn't you couldn't get it out. It's like grabbing uh, grabbing a live wire and not being able to to let your hand go. Um, it was words and voices and just this utter black darkness, cold beyond the concept of cold, cold more like nothing. And it was just filling your head and that's all you could feel and that's all you could hear. These words that weren't words, these voices that weren't voices. And it was threatening to swallow you whole and try as you might, you couldn't stop staring into the middle of it and you couldn't let go of what was pulling you there. Um, then finally, this this wonderful, glorious, delicious pain washed over your hand and severed that connection, and you were able to sort of live in the feeling of your skin being charred, and that snapped you back to reality. It's, it brought you back to life, to the world, and took you out of wherever the hell you just weren't. Um, echoing around in your head, and now as you kind of take a, a minute and and realize it just sort of tumbling past your lips uh just sort of blathering it without even realizing is uh i'm gonna have a fun time pronouncing this so <laughs> <laughs> like i touched the book the least you can do is like i fucked oh, well, i will i will but i'm going to uh i'm going to type it out so you guys know what the f i'm talking about you're, okay. you're kind of hearing in your head and saying over and over Igurdriketh. So, uh, I want you, Josh, to go ahead and mark down somewhere on your character sheet that you have one point of void taint. Oh, that's fun. Ugh, fucking You've got the void have taint, I had this? Have I had this before? No. No, you guys had some shadow corruption. It's a little different. <laughs> void taint. I'm trying everything, yeah. baby. I'm fucking... Yeah, yeah. Dan, I hear you've got some crazy new rules. I'm going to dip into like everything a, and just try like a, a soul. soul <laughs> Corrupt the crap out of me. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, <laughs> void taint. Yep. Wasn't anyone as, as soon as... As soon as Cloak like would have heard that name, he would have like gone off and like started like researching into the old looking books to see if he mm -hmm. could like find anything without talking to anyone. He would just like walk off and be like, oh, just like oh. he just like disappears into the stacks. All right, so you spend a little of time poking around. Um, 
it you're pretty quickly able to realize that whatever volumes might contain something like that uh it was probably not for a uh, just kind of general consumption it's in the uh sort of the the forbidden collections how do i get there mm, how indeed <laughs> i'm gonna go i'm gonna go talk to the guy who gave me the library card headmaster dipshit i don't remember his name um <laughs> I don't have my. Oh, that was it. Call him that. Master Diviner. Diviner. Yeah, Master Diviner, uh, <laughs> Rudwin Whitstone. Rudwin Whitstone. Um, I, I will say what you are able to determine, Cloak, uh, in your mm -hmm. research is you don't find anything on that name specifically, but you are fairly certain that those glyphs that Kari was inscribing, and then some of the whispers that you heard, and then very clearly. Uh, the the name the the name or the word that uh, Cain was repeating over and over again as it just sort of bled through his mind and out his mouth. Uh, this is void speech. It is the language of the outer darkness. Um, it's. I mean, you can talk about there being evil magic. Uh, void magic is sort of the ultimate expression of that very concept. It is magic that is driven by the negation of everything. That's pretty much all it does. You can make Shit. arguments for, you know, this, that, and the other kind of magic. Necromancy is an evil depending on how you use it. There is no good way to use void magic. So when you call on it, you are calling on the outer darkness to obliterate part of reality. Maybe in a way that, you know, benefits you somehow, but yeah, Dan, I have only doing. you personally. Yeah. Dan, I have a very important question. Sure. How's my How's my finger? Uh, your finger is burnt and painful. Uh, the one that you were touching the parchment with, in particular, uh, it has sort of a dark black smear on the fingertip. Uh, like, imagine that you you pressed your hand against. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, like uh, the nail bed has kind of gone purple and black, uh, and then the fingerprint where you were touching, where you were touching the parchment, is just got this ugly, kind of lumpy-looking black stain. Um, do I recognize that name at all? The ancient Yggdrasil. Uh, when you get close enough to kind of listen to to Kane and you, because you were one of the ones who were right next to him, and people were paying yeah, attention I... to it, you guys could you guys could could puzzle out what he was saying. Um, your blood runs cold because it immediately takes you back into your um, into your nightmare, and you recall that immense cyclopean figure, vaguely humanoid, not really able to parse out its shape. Instead of a head, it had this bristling mass of tentacles that reached up into the clouds like it was trying to stab the sky. Those things walking across that blasted wasteland, and then seeing that figure in white with the uh, those black sigils sort of rotted into its skin, holding that knife, standing on the chest of that thing carving its body open. I think that perhaps we should talk to Thandusian Rick and get him to assist us with this favor for a favor. And I put my hand over his mouth to get him to stop chanting it. 
All right, so uh, uh, you you are coming back to your senses, Kane. You can kind of <laughs> notice like that you're whispering. Kind of like not a doing damage slap, but like a pull your shit together slap across Ooh. the face. Yeah. So there's a yeah. there is a there is a a delicious moment of that that nothingness that was overtaking you. It's finally wiped away with this little, just very welcome sharp sting of feeling, whereas before there was nothing. Uh, on your cheek, and that kind of snaps you out, and you realize that you've been whispering this name over and over and over and over again. You I kind think of I probably get a, hold, get a hold of yourself. Yeah, I I think I honestly probably grab hold of Carrie's like hand, and it probably comes across as like aggressive, like when she's throwing water mm-hmm. in my face, when she's pissed me <laughs> off, and like we've actually fucking tussled in the past, but this is like a man grabbing hold of a life raft and like hand shaking cold sweat terror over himself and uh just looking at her like he hasn't seen her in years like he's not seen anyone in years and uh he doesn't know what to say can't explain it so all he manages is i bit my tongue (laughs) (laughs) yep you're fine now What happened? You gave us the answers we were looking for. You also became possessed for a few moments. How do you feel? Dad, how do I feel? Uh, let's let's figure that out, shall we? Uh, you first of all feel translated. You feel like um, just imagine going through a a just sort of emotionally harrowing experience, just something very traumatic that you can't really make full sense of. So it's very confusing on top of everything else, and it feels a little bit exhausting. Um, and I need you to roll me a D100, please. D100. Oh, love percentiles. Yes. Oh, 65. 65. So close. So close. I know. Hey, you're dumb. Okay. Um, you are 65% so... dead. Fuck. <laughs> So uh, slowly, kind of as you as you sort of come to your senses, you realize that it, it it's a it's a disorienting experience because as you're looking around, you're sort of having the feeling like everything is more or less normal, minus that feeling of you know exhaustion and violation that you're you're trying to to cope with. But you slowly come to realize that uh, you kind of get up to your get up to your feet and maybe reach out like when Carrie pulls her, her hand back you maybe uh, go to take a step and you stumble into the table or, or you bump into Kari not not really uh, realizing what's going on and it takes you a minute to realize that you think you're seeing normally but you're not you're blind but your mind thinks it can see it's uh, like that's I don't know how to describe that to Kane. It's a very very disorienting experience. Like you see because you're, his you're gonna no not exactly no. Like he thinks he can see. He's gonna like you can say hey give me that book and he'll reach out to what he thinks a book is, but he's just <clears throat> yeah he's not seeing shit. His brain and reality around him are a little out of sync at the moment. 
So it's kind of filling in the gaps. So I, I, I guess I bump into Carrie and suddenly Carrie teleports like in my vision to suddenly it's like for me she's a little bit like my yes. brain, yeah my brain's like filling in the illusion like suddenly yep. she's in front of me so in my mind I see her rush up in yep. front of me suddenly and I look to her confused but I'm not looking at her I'm looking off to one side so and... like you'll you'll think maybe like Rio Dan is over here but then you'll hear him talk and you realize he's over on your left somewhere that sort of thing yeah. I'm gonna. T- in which case, I turn to, I turn to the table because I don't know the table's fucking destroyed, uh, mm-hmm. and that was the last place I saw cloak. And I turn to okay. where I think the table is and hold out my hand for my bow. Yep, and you get um, no response. <laughs> over here, buddy. Hello. Are, can you? Are you all right? I'm fine. My sword. Uh, yep. And I will like hand over the sword, like <laughs> tap him on the back, sort of thing. Like there it is. So he uh, places the, hip, the hilt into your hand. Down the bench, just so I'm kind of like out of sword, out of sword range, range. <laughs> for a moment, um, because I'm the one who made him touch the book, and he's acting a little out of sorts, even for pain. And like I will, I'll start doing it up. I imagine like something like that's really easy because you can do that without looking. Uh, so it probably leads to him sort of for a moment looking okay and then I just envision like he takes a step forward and he just walks straight into the bookcase like thinking 100% he's now facing down the corridor he looks and just bangs and then sort of like half draws his sword looking around confused and so it'll like this will go on for a few minutes this way and you'll kind of slowly piece together that you're not actually seeing what you think you're seeing um and you think maybe if you were in a place that you knew better you'd you'd be able to navigate just on your memory of it and what you think you're seeing would match up enough with furniture and rooms and the like but you're not familiar enough with the library so you're just sort of in you're seeing your idea of this library and the details just don't match up, and so you're, perhaps, you're essentially just sort of stumbling around blind. Perhaps we should head back to the Silk Scabbard. I don't think any more can be gleaned here, and um, we probably want to leave before they come and see what we did to their table. <laughs> I think that is a good idea, but where has Cloak run off to? I, he probably... He I is probably find... very worried about his library card, and his, he might be already gone. <laughs> He's probably halfway across um, town. If you guys, if I you guys go looking for it, head, like, you guys can hear like this little gnomish uh, chatter where Cloak is just sort of talking to himself as he's looking through these books he's found. Uh, and Glaz, you can see that it looks like you, you know you you can uh, check out what he's looking at and come to the same realization he did that you guys are dealing with void speech and uh, and actually, uh, Kari, did you relate any of the thoughts you had about your nightmare, your dream, those things walking across the wasteland? Those have always been very personal to Kari, but I think mm-hmm. that is something that she would want to share um, once we're all together. And since he's still doing okay. his, I think we should go back there. And I have some things that I need to tell you, some things that I've been seeing since before any of us had met that is relevant to this. Oh. Okay, so you guys can uh, regroup, uh, collect Cloak, and head back head back to the Silk Scabbard if you like. Um, actually, Cloak, 
um, he would like he would walk back as a group and was like, yeah, we're going back to the scabbard, and he'd be like, um, no, fuck that. You guys know what just happened? What I gotta go mean? talk to the master diviner. Do you what? know what language that was and what Sorry. the hell's going on? Gary was about to tell me about her dreams. I'm, it's about to be fascinating. <laughs> You're not taking this from me. One good thing. <laughs> All I want. One good thing. One shadow oh. slumber party. All I want. Okay. Well, and then like you, you see the book he's hold, like holding, and he like holds it up in front of everyone, and it starts like it has like uh, little like blurbs of like how they a. Uh, have run into void speech and there's not much on it and like they have like I examples that are like segmented because of what happened um, and uh, I imagine that's how it's in my head uh, so, most, um, most, most notably in the book there is absolutely no written example of void speech or void glyphs okay. and it uh, tells you because the words themselves are corruptive um, and that uh it kind of spreads the touch of the void just by being written or spoken. Okay. Um, and uh, yeah, he would point that out to everyone and be like, "Oh, yeah." Point that out now, dude. I, I found I found it out. Thank you. Um, so, um, um, yeah, I'm gonna talk to the master diviner and uh, try to get access to the hidden library or the forbidden forbidden section. I've okay, now I'm interested again about this. <laughs> Uh, it's we can put our relevant information together for once before running off in different spaces and I reiterate my dreams at length uh, okay so she she runs through those dreams you guys you know remember that she had from from our first session mm -hmm. with the those horrible nightmares and those horrible creatures and the the fellow with the dagger carving the one's heart out um, and at so the end I saw that, and this is why I don't believe in gold <laughs> uh, Glass. I mean, Glass her description. Okay. Her description to you is very clear. She's describing the Western wastes, and she is oh, describing yeah. the dread. Those are those are the Dreadwalkers. Uh, yep. And given that those glyphs were marked on this person's arm, and it seemed to immediately make her think of not only the dream, but those massive figures. You think Kane was just saying the name of one of the Dreadwalkers? No, do I know? There, back in Demia, uh, it is it is kind of first year things because it's all about you know the history of Demia and how they came out of the majocracies and uh, still remains here. So we had to learn our own history and how we the ley lines and why why Bimia is where it is and why it is still here because yay yay Bimia we won. But um, the important part here, the whole western waste to the north of Bimia. Well, it's the wastes. It is horrible. It is completely destroyed. It's the old lands of the majocracy. How they were destroyed and what finally ended the war is because of these walkers, these giant titanic creatures, these, these beings that were summoned from... Do I know that they were summoned from the void? Does it, we don't know exactly where they came oh, from. I well, I mean, you don't know exactly where they came from, but, I mean, you have a pretty good idea. They're definitely yes. creatures of the void. They were they were summoned here from somewhere else, someplace horrible. And they basically, they ran amok. That's how, pe that's how the mages battled when all was said and done, was these, through these giant creatures. Well, in the war, they are... They're not frozen. They're... 
for all intents and purposes, they are frozen out there in the western waste. They are actually moving very, 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 very slowly. But um, they are horrible. And they were here to destroy the world for all intents and purposes. So the problem that we have, you say that this person, that maybe possibly even the person that we encountered down in the cartways a couple of weeks ago, if they are able to hold that writing carved into their skin, and if they like were... Like we saw in the cardways? Well, I don't know whether you are experiencing a things that happened in the past or something that is about to happen in the future. If it is a premonition of things to come, that white gentleman in the white robes, and he was getting a hold of... Strauss's books to build up power to do something. He is either awakening one of the walk the dread walkers, or you said it cut his heart out. Harley looks heart, terrified and is nodding. The heart of a dread walker. Right. Yes, as we like to say in, in magical circles, it would be very bad. Um, and then she looks less scared as, you know, Glass's levity always kind of breaks through to Kari. This would be capital B bad, yes. <laughs> Strauss's book, do we still have that? Do we, yes. do we have all so the information all from that? We do not have all of it. We just have the piece that was encoded. I have it. I've got it pretty much taken care of now. He was in contact with some kind of entity. Sorry, no. We remember we gave the book, but we had the we had the the scribe make us a copy right, okay. of gonna... the uh, right. of the ciphered part of the coded okay. parts. Yeah, of yeah, the coded part. Okay. So we only have the coded. So, is there anything that you were able to decipher that would relate to what's going on right now? Not directly, but the pieces are starting to fall into place. We have. We have the Shadow Road, which has been dammed up or is being siphoned in a strong enough way. A titanic ley line has been influenced in a strong enough way that the Shadow Road itself has collapsed and is now unusable. We also have the fact that up with Strauss in Strauss Castle, there was an entity that Werner Strauss was in charge, was in contact with, that was powerful enough to give him shadow magic, not insubstantial shadow magic. And now we have Kari's dream. Right. So, do you think there was a misinterpretation in the book? Like, not, how long has void magic been around? Well, oh. void magic is. I mean, it is. Sound like a new wave kind of part of the beginning of the universe itself. I mean, there is lots of theories about these I mean, things that, been, that it is it how, is older than even shadow magic. So how is that, how is that okay to say that's that's Glass's so, understanding of it? Uh, Glass's understanding is yeah. pretty accurate. Um, the uh, yeah. <laughs> accurate factual information about particularly the origins of origins of shadow magic are maybe impossible to come by by its very nature. But the going theory, particularly 
the Bemian scholars is that the void is what was left over after the multiverse was created. It was these little bits of nothing out on the, the very edges between the stars, between planes even, uh, that well, was like left. That. And, and the little bit of nothing that was left over was incredibly resentful of its non-existence while everything else gets to go and exist. And so it just wants to swallow everything. So okay. I, understand. I, th I think my my question, what Cloak's trying to get to, is uh, he'd be like, is, is, is void magic like common knowledge? Like, unless you were no. like, no, 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 no. Well, it corrupts no, everything it touches. Even mm. even to write it down becomes corruption itself. Yeah, yeah, but no, I'm, what I'm saying is that. Do you think maybe they misinterpreted, they called it shadow magic because that's how they knew it? But it was really void magic? It's, it's yeah. really assuming, and you know, don't don't take my word for granted, but it could be a possibility, and that entity could be something I don't know. Well, and this is a question where we're on the narrow line between meta-knowledge and, and character knowledge. The actual spells, that the four spells that were in there are shadow magic spells so well, I, will, mm -hmm. I will tell okay. you right now those cultists you were dealing with were absolutely using shadow magic like uh yeah, kari okay. recognized a lot of the umbral yeah. i mean the shadow magic is very yeah. uh, familiar that was to the her thing on their eyes to get the dark as a shadow magic. Had that creepy yep. owl yep. Yep. thing yep. as well yep yep they um, had uh, they had creatures that were actual infused with shadows shadow. yeah yeah i have and it was dark down there. And actual oh, yeah, shadows. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> lest, lest we forget. The shit that almost killed <laughs> me. Um, so, yeah, hang on a second. Yeah, Josh, what do you got? Uh, as someone who actually not went toe to toe with Stross, but was there when Stross and his fucking. During the revolt. Yeah. Uh, as someone who actually fought during that. How much of this do I have any any extra knowledge or anything that would be uh, relating to the void magic to anything that I might have seen? Not necessarily. I know, like, I very much doubt I ever saw Strauss in person. But at the same time, like, well, you know, it's a it's a it's a family. So <clears throat> yeah, yeah, there were but... there were multiple members of the Strauss family. Yeah, you certainly saw them, uh, and you were at least relatively present when uh, when the armies of the Free City, uh, when the, the, the basically the rebels, then they revolted and drove the House Strauss and their forces all the way back to the castle and, uh, and burned the village and killed every member of the Strauss family and hung them from the walls of what is now known as Castle Shadowcrag. I mean, you were there. Um, as far as you know, like, you never heard of any void magic. You never saw any of this horrible, corruptive stuff. You saw plenty of dark shadow magic happening and creatures from the Shadow Realm uh, yeah. sort of yoked into shadow. service. Uh, you saw you saw plenty of that going on. Uh, shadow Crag at this point is basically a ruin. Um, However, yeah. isn't it mined <laughs> by Kobold? There are mines underneath Shadow Crag, I think. Think those particular mines are abandoned right now, uh, but it's possible they may have been uh, put back into operation. There are certainly, 
There are certainly other mines in the uh, Margrave nearish that that House Strauss used to control that are back in operation now. Yes. Well, so, we have one one, one sec with with the cobalt because I know that I used to provide protection for cobalts who were going mm-hmm. out to mine in that area. Do I know any of them still operating? Like who operates nearby? I know I haven't been, I haven't been oh. in town in quite some time, but um, I'm thinking like how can nearby... we get out there and. Yeah. Oh, uh, let's see. Yeah, there is. Uh, the Veslau mines are nearish to Shadowcrag, and they are in operation right now, I believe. Would I know anyone that I could contact in town? Because my thought is, if there is some shit going down, uh, it's it's Shadowcrag that we're talking about having like potentially some bad shit going on with the Shadow Road. And... Not to mention the first mm-hmm. place we saw a white guy in bandages was under fucking ground. Yeah. So so I'm thinking to myself, would I be able to get in contact with one of the groups that I used to provide security for and find out? Are you operating in the area? Who else is operating in the area? What's going on around there? Has any new shadowy outfit set up? Who's providing the security? All that yada yada yada. Uh, you could put some feelers out, and you might be able to get some information from people that that you know. Yeah. Well, I, I will share this with people. I will like share it, but I guess throughout this time, someone's going to have to tell me because uh, I'm not going to figure it out by myself. I don't know what's going on. But like, Kane is just not able to move around much. I as, soon as, you, ah. as soon as you mention <laughs> going to Shadowcrag, as soon as you mention going to Shadowcrag, uh, Glass. Pipe in and go, well, there is an interesting passage here inside of the journal. Apparently, it all started with a tree in the courtyard. That was the conduit. That when, was the. When he mentions the tree, Kari and uh, Kane, you both perk up. You both know exactly what he's talking about. He's talking about the black oak. The black oak is a tree that was growing sort of in the midst of Shadowcrag, and you suspect the castle was kind of built around it. It's a massive ancient black oak tree. Um, You know, uh, Kane, that the Strauss forces kind of rallied around the tree, and their spellcasters seemed able to draw immense dark power from it. Creatures of Shadow kind of slipped through the, the, the deep recesses and the gnarled roots, um, Kari, you know that the Black Oak factors prominently in where your people came from. It was planted on that hill by the elves that became the Shadow Fae in their pact with Sarastra. I believe that this is where we should begin packing our supplies and head out at once. Real Dan, was it originally black or was it? It turned black because it was like stop. Set, set on I, fire. I can oh. actually stab you. You are within <laughs> physical have, proximity of me. If you make yeah. one more morally gray joke about this goddamn <laughs> campaign, I swear to Loth. Oh boy, the hunter in this case. Yeah, it's me over here. I'm bad. Class, she's white. Class, black. Is gray area between us and we are safe. Can we have a quick break? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, so um, this, oh. this tree is a place that they siphoned magic from. It would, yeah, it seemed to be, yeah. 
Okay, I as you guys have mentioned bottling up magic and everything like that. River dams and yeah, you came yeah. in during that conversation. I, yeah, I will turn because I missed the Stross part of that conversation, <clears> but I putting all this together now, I turn and say Whence Shadow Greg fell the tree was there. Final stand for their sorcerers. He drew magic from it. Like it had roots. I think that we should go immediately. Where is Cloak? I'm, I'm, I'm right here. I've been here the whole oh, time. Oh, I can look over the table and I see him like over there. Okay. He's like, he's like holding the book with the void shit on it. He's like, were you not listening to me the whole time? What I was trying to say is, uh, Glass, you said something about the, sh- the Shadow Road damming. Where, can you calculate uh, uh, where it would be damming? Would it be at that tree? Well, I know that it is certainly upstream of here. Um, we would have to get closer. Uh, I can only feel the current of the line of the ley line itself has become weak, and perhaps when I get closer, my attunement to the ley lines of the world will give me a little bit more clue. From here, I just know that it is not right, and it is somewhere upstream, which is that direction. I, All right. I um, wanna, like I'll, I'll nod along to like where I think Cloak is at the moment. And sort of gesturing towards him, I'd say, I'll say to, um, uh, Glads, The sorcerer's there. <clears throat> they drew from the tree like you do from ley lines. What if it was anchored in a ley line? I'm over here. <laughs> no, I'm talking to Glads at this point. Like, I'm talking to Glads oh. saying this. All right. Like, I'm, I'm oh. speeding off <laughs> As much as, but then again, like That's, you probably, I you're, probably you're, talking, you're talking to a bookcase. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, how much? Uh, I'm assuming world trees are part of Bimian. Just oh, abs- I mean, is that like absolutely curriculum stuff? Absolutely. As far as you know, there's no world tree at Castle Shadowcrag. Right. Um, and world trees, uh, if I recall, aren't necessarily attached to ley lines. They're just attached to no. Yagdrasil. They're, 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 they're yes, yeah, seeds. They are of, pieces, basically, yeah. of Yagdrasil breaking into the material yeah. plane. Correct. Oh, they were planted right. there by the original elves, the original elven empire. They took seeds of Yagdrasil and planted them all around Midgard. Uh, I'm going to start, uh, while they're talking, writing out a detailed letter of everything that we've discovered so that I can okay. give it over to or at least have it sent to my ambassador. Sure. Is it first thing, does does Glass I, I the Black Oak it sounds as though is not standard curriculum, so he doesn't have an inform- knowledge of the Black Oak. Um no. but with Kari saying that it was planted by her people by elves and knowing that the world trees were planted by elves. I mean, mm-hmm. Glass is sort of going, well, it is, it is not a world tree, this oak, but it came to be in very much the same way. It is a tree that 
is what was the founding, as Kari has said, of, of, the, of the elves as they became the shadow elves and left to the shadow realm. Knowing that it is along the path of the shadow ro road and knowing that things can be anchors for shadow roads, while I do not know exactly, it would make sense that perhaps this tree, just like the runes of Bemia, anchor the ley lines there, these titanic ley lines, that this tree could in fact be, if not the anchor, something that is holding the ley line. And certainly if it were to become active, if it were to become a conduit again for an entity, I mean, the entity we are talking about is similar to the dread walkers it is the thought of something coming through that led us back to kari's vision it would take Strike. massive amounts of power entire mageocracies were needed to bring even one walker into this world that's right. If Sprouts. I'm if I'm remembering my Midgard right, well, they yeah they use yeah, their literally the immense power. Like right? <clears throat> yeah. Could you not be from the line of logic that we've had? You don't one need... shadow road and then just release all that yeah, you magic at once. You and don't then instead miss... of needing an entire collegiate. Uh, yeah, you don't need like a lot of small people. You just have one big. You probably kill anyone who had to try and open it, but. Oh. Fuck it. Unless someone was it. promising that you wouldn't die. Yeah, exactly. The you won't die, just do this. Yeah. The reason why the Western Wastes are the way they are is because in bringing forth the Dreadwalkers, we literally, the, the ley lines of the entire region were burned out. Yep. It's why it's dead. Yep. There is no dead. magic left. Because yeah. well, the mageocracies in bringing there, well, there, there is, sorry. is magic, but it is shattered. Yeah, shattered. <laughs> it is shattered and broken, and very dangerous to use in the Western wastes. Like wild so, magic, fucking hate that wild magic. Yeah, mm. yeah. Wild magic. So, yes, everything you are saying is correct. That a titanic ley line harnessed through a powerful anchor or relic, whatever, this tree of something that is equivalent to a world tree eventually could have enough power to do something along those lines. Or even maybe empower this gentleman in the white robes to be strong enough to actually kill and cut out the heart of a dread walker. I mean, maybe he is taking that level of power into himself, becoming very small, but a the equivalent of a dread walker in a in a handy travel size. <clears throat> Somebody who could do that could wear these words on their skin. Apparently so. Okay. That is very uh, frightening. You guys you know that void void speech carries uh, great power in its words, and if you know how to inscribe or pronounce or invoke them, you can do uh, terrible but you know wondrous things. There are stories yeah, of uh, if you learn the proper phrases, you can you can re sort of rework reality to your will by 
systematically unmaking the parts of it that you don't like <laughs> in ways that you want to change. You all need to stop talking about this because it's sounding more and more interesting to me. Because <laughs> I mean, quite <laughs> out the things that you don't like about life. Wouldn't that be good? Okay, but let's say there is this crazy scary man and he's got some crazy tree and he's doing bad things of it. Whatever you nerds were talking about. We gotta find him, we gotta stop him, so the end of the world stops happening with the trees, right? That's what I'm getting <laughs> to. I'm sorry. What is going on with your voice? <laughs> I thought that was no, just it's... me. No. Okay. okay, it's not just Austin. <laughs> I just updated oh, my graphics for this, so I wonder if that's why. Okay, uh, yeah, wait, let me go listen to the strains. slow-mo underwater to talking incredibly fast. You might, you might need to close VMix and reopen it. All right, so you have a, sounds like a pretty solid workable theory that whatever is going on with the Shadow Road side of things is happening upstream of this Titanic ley line, possibly at Castle Shadowcrag, um, based on the uh, the words from the journal uh, and your inferences with Kari's nightmares and those, uh, the kind of the link of that white shrouded figure with the void speech glyphs on its arms and the dread walker. Uh, you also have a lead toward someone who apparently works for whoever hired the mercenaries. So you have a couple of different avenues. Right, we're hiring someone? But no, 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 no. no. You, have a, you have a lead on... Right, remember someone mm -hmm. hired the Black Shield mercenaries. Um, and oh, you, you, guys yeah. have, uh, you guys have whoever... The, the middleman who did the hiring... So you know who um, that is, the, but not who he Kari, works for. No. Yeah. Kari had already stated that um, she was willing to like pack up and go to Castle Shadow Craig as is. She did. And also that Fantasy uh, and Thrick may actually be able to assist us in this. If he wants us to work for him, well, maybe he can make us a hand. Where have we left things with Thrick? Because last uh, time I saw Oh, him... right! You don't know! No. Okay, so I will quickly recant the story to you. I mean, in character, but out of character. Yeah. Um, we went, uh, Cloak went and beat up his uh, workers, and we thought that Thandesine was going to come and fuck us up because of that. And then Cloak was like, your guys are fucking stupid because I'm a gnome and I killed them. And he was like, you know what, you're right, our guys are fucking stupid because a gnome did kill them. You want to work for me? And we're like, oh, I will think about it. And then he was really nice to us. And that's where we're at with him. Okay. Yeah, he apparently yeah, he... he apparently charmed your compadres, so <laughs> they're they're pals with Thrick now. <laughs> He's cool. Yeah, Honestly. I like. In all fairness, like I thought he was a dick, and then I I spent some time looking at him, and I was like, ah, oh, this oh this guy's old school military. Ah, oh, okay, all yeah. right, shit. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> um. Right. I think. I'm, I'm, Kane's definitely on board with going to Shadowcrag, um, again, still don't know I'm blind, uh, but I'm yeah, super up for going. Yep. What uh, if a stool so... just flies out in front of Kane right now? <laughs> then he will probably walk right into it. And then you would hear... <laughs> now, did you guys Wait, take your look at the library? <clears throat> huh? 
Uh, Did you guys take your leave I, from the library? I believe or, we're still uh, in the library. We were gonna leave, but Cloak said that he wanted to talk to a diviner of some sort. And then we and then we started like on that plot and like like cats. Right. Well, uh, he, oh, he did say that. Here, here's my train of thought uh, with Cloak. He did say that because he figured he needed to get in to get more information. But what Glass put into uh, it, and yeah. what, with everything like in the coalition, he's like, "Oh, I don't want to do that." And then he's throwing stools in front of uh, uh, Kane and giggling and running away. Okay. <laughs> um. So yeah. Like, you guys will watch as Kane straight up just walks into a load of shit because he can't fucking see it, uh, and then looks surprised. And, like, he will go as far as to, even though he's in the library, he's going to fucking draw his sword, but he cannot trace Cloak, like, at all. Because all he knows is Cloak when Cloak makes a giggling sound. Right. And I'm probably gonna start moving around and maybe if someone doesn't stop me, lash out with my sword because I'm fucking blind and I don't know it. I uh, as... first can, can I get some sort of like he hasn't outright said that he's fucking blind, but at the same time I feel like it's you, no, you guys are pretty fucking obvious oh, he's yeah. blind. No. You, you you guys figured out like he's acting like he can see just fine, but it's becoming really clear that he can't. Perhaps you should look through your bird instead of attempting to convince us all that you're not blind. Can I do that? Yeah, he's your familiar. I mean, oh. you've had oh, you've had oh, your, your just bird? Bird. <laughs> oh, shit. you have had uh, you have had strange like feelings, like maybe you had eyes in the back of your head every now and then, but nothing that you've kind of consciously done. No. Can, okay. so, can someone uh, guide him? I'm just going to he's grab, yeah, I'm going to be your seeing eye, Shadowfay, <laughs> for the moment, and I link my arm through yours. Until this either goes away on its own or we can find you a cleric, I insist that you stay next to me, as horrible aren't as you, that might be. <laughs> don't we find you both clerics? Why do we need to find a cleric? Because we would need a more powerful <laughs> restore sight. That is not something my god has yet deemed to you guys have access to second level spells. Yeah, but isn't wouldn't that be like greater restoration? I think no. lesser restoration removes blindness. Lesser restoration. Yeah. I played a cleric okay. uh, for like two years. It's lesser restoration. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yep, the king's yeah, like, like, blinded. Blinded and definitely like paralyzed or poisoned. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, right. Okay. Yeah. Study for that, then. Okay. And, uh, well, yeah, I will finally sort of say, like... No. Like, I actually, I... Kane and me both can't comprehend how to describe this in ways that would make sense. In... What are you talking about? Have you seen the movie Daredevil? Yeah, okay. So, how does Kane turn around and go, Have you seen the movie Daredevil? You say that I can I <laughs> see that, so that I can one. touch, but not being able to see other things. But no, I, I'm Have seeing you like seen that one episode of House. <laughs> oh, God, that's such a good episode. <laughs> yeah. um, I will be able to restore your eyesight. I don't really have anything I can say to that other than thank you. So are you casting Lesser Restoration on him? Uh, I don't have that spell prepared at the moment, so I uh, need to take uh, a rest and get that. I believe I don't have it prepared at the moment. Can you check my character sheet and see if I 
randomly have that prepared? I really don't think I do, though. I think I have, like, Cure Wounds and uh, Bolt of Guiding, or Guiding Bolt, even. So those are two level one spells. Uh, you no, probably don't I, want no, to I have bolt. Aid. I have Aid, Misty Step, Pass Without Trace, and Beast Sense, because that's cool. Um, but yeah, no. I wish not. I had Beast Sense. Yes. Fuck. Yeah, that's a cool thing you can get when you're a Pretty sure it's a range. I gotta test my mic settings. You guys see me better now? No, I don't have it though. Oh, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was like an alien language. Void speak! It's void speak! It's void speak! Coming from inside he the stream. The he touched I the am your lord. All right. Oh no, come on. <laughs> I'm gonna restart this uh, my uh, PC. Hello? Wait, say something, it almost worked. Okay. Alright. Okay. Yeah. No, no, just go. Just, just, just go. leave. <laughs> just do it. Just do it. Fuck it. Do it. We'll never get anything done. It'll be all good. I am never gonna be able I, to stay in character anytime he talks. I'm sorry, yeah. that just fucks with me. I really want to hear his audacity recording on the podcast and see if it's that fucked. Oh, it's on Destiny's podcast. <laughs> oh, God. Right. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, I, I say, uh, and, uh, tomorrow, we should head to Shadow Crack. I agree with this completely. We'll also need to restock for the road. Uh, let us head back to our usual buck house. Is it kind of <laughs> looking to read it in? And you. And All right. Yeah, you guys can uh, you guys can let out of the uh, of the library. As you head out of the library, you have a little bit of a strange um, a, a strange moment where you pass through the doors, and there is a uh, kind of an attendant there at that little podium by the front doors. You know, kind of like the almost like the information desk, but they clearly have not heard or noticed any of the strange goings on. That were happening in there, like none of the screaming. Like apparently, they're none the wiser about any of the screaming that was happening, any of that business. They're just sort of. uh, uh, What's the name of that um, kobold that cloakates? I would have to go back and look. I named him, and I've not learned his name. Yeah, I don't think you guys know his name. So as we're passing by, I'm like, that crazy kobold. Keeps lighting this place on fire. We're leaving. <laughs> and I walk the, uh, the, door. the fellow at the desk is just like, oh, I'm sorry. What? Uh, I just keep walking. Yeah, <laughs> I just, I, just, I, just I put up my hand and I'm just walking. sick of this shit and I keep walking. All right, so you guys just kind of head on out and <laughs> we planted a steed. Yeah. That's all you needed. <laughs> <laughs> you see the uh, you see the fellow get down from behind the podium and start heading into the library, sort of looking over his shoulder, perplexed at you guys as you're leaving. Okay, so you uh, bug out. <laughs> yep, you guys can bug out and head toward the silk scabbard. Now, on the way, um, it's been a, a little while since all of the uh, the fun incidents with all this void speech nonsense popped up. Uh, also, by the way, hard left from how I was intending things to go this session. That's fine, though. Uh, <laughs> um, Kane, well, you didn't slowly... You we were going to touch the demonic void speech and go over and You didn't think I'd think it? <laughs> no, I did not think you were going to transcribe a bunch of void speech and then, yeah, hang out with trying to translate it. Uh, 
Right. What are you doing so, in the library, um, Dan? I mean, come on. Have some fun. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, on the way to the Silk Scabbard, uh, as you guys are traveling along, Kane, you start to realize that what you think you're seeing is now matching up with what you're, what's actually there. Is that just solid structures that have been there for some time or is it with people as well? No, no, like like when people start to talk to you while you're on the while you guys are on the way, like you you can, you know, Kari's touching your arm, you kind of have the idea that she's there. Glaz says something while you guys are traveling and you look and he's actually saying it where it looks to you like he was. So over the course of the the trip from the library to the silk scabbard, your strange blindness uh, seems to have worn off and reversed itself. You're you're seeing okay. just fine now. I will test this when I get back by like juggling and stuff, like yep. just like t- t- tossing stuff up and catching it and checking. Yep. Everything, this. everything seems to work just fine. Yeah, you have you have somebody toss you a coin or an apple or something, and you yeah, can catch yeah. it. Yep. Yep. I look at Kari. So it looks like I'm... you were only blind for around about an hour because I rolled a one on a d10. <laughs> oh, thanks, buddy. Oh, that's what that one was. Uh, that's what that one was. Got it. So, okay. uh, you guys reach the Silk Scabbard without any further incident. Can incident? I, I was going to try and play it off like my healing and my god is just that strong and I healed you without me. Uh, in all fairness, like, I I feel like I'd be ripe for, for falling yeah. at this point. Like, I'm oh, fucking... you did it? Great, cool, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, I'm fucking... I don't know how any of this shit works. I still haven't figured out how I can read shit, although apparently if I touch it... It's, it's just the blessing of the hunter so, um, Glaz, do you happen to have in your spellbook the spell Comprehend Languages? Stand by. Let me see. Glaz, <laughs> Excuse you me. if you do have that spell, you should read some fucking void speech. It's great. <laughs> it's the shit, sir. <laughs> it's the shit. nowadays. <laughs> You get so fucking high that you go blind. That's great. It's the best experience. Uh, I'm still checking. Give me one moment. Give me one I moment, so, please. I got so fucked sure, up. Sure. Uh, accidentally summoned an ungodly I fire. Not, I did not take. Uh, I did not take comprehend languages. Okay, uh, so you can make an intelligence arcana check, and I'll give you advantage because there's been plenty of evidence. <laughs> and actually, Kari, Kari, you could make one as well if you like. Oh, right. um, that is... I believe that Fantasy Grounds is done right Oh, it sure okay. is. Yeah, no, I it's believe... okay. That means I get to roll a real dice out of my dice yes. scale. Please don't take this away from me. It's a brand new no, no, dice no, 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 no. from Tabletop Loot, and I'm so excited because they sent me a whole bunch of dice for my birthday at Tabletop Loot. And all okay. Good golly, so... yes. By all means, wow, roll the dice. Wow, good That reaction, we both will. I think we can all agree that that was real. I believe you. I'm just telling you, you guys, you could say, oh, well, look at that. I rolled a natural 20 with just the perfect deadpan. I'll believe you. It's okay. I trust you guys not to cheat your die rolls. Uh, Okay. So, so yes, you, uh, Kari, going through all of this stuff, figuring out how he was able to, to, uh, to wonderful effect, translate that strange alien mind-bending language that isn't a language. Um, he is under the effects of a comprehend language spell, or was maybe not anymore, but he was when he did that. Uh, although you didn't see him cast, you didn't see him cast anything. He definitely didn't cast any magic, 
Yeah. You're under the effects of a comprehend language spell, but to my understanding, the spell should not be lasting that long. Hey, he's back. Hey. Tess. Tess. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yay. Yay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna forever miss Boyd Will. Though. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, yeah, dude. I really think that it shouldn't be that we get to donate. Uh, we we need to be able to donate Void Will. For the voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that that should be the donation. That, you know, you know, none, Nobody. None of this other. Like, no. you know, <laughs> Nobody can. We, we can, sure Dan can make a stat block. It will be great. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought I thought you meant they should be able to donate to make this voice do that. And, oh no! Um, like instead of donating Libra and Jinkies, we should be able to donate Void Will to make the voice happen. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. No, we're not. We're is not it, making the voice happen. Is it possible where they have the the evil side of themselves? Yeah. Yeah, I think they. Uh... Or Scott Pilgrim. Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So, what's the plan? Uh, Will, to catch you up, uh, you have taken your leave of the Arcane Collegium and you guys have traveled back to the Silk Scabbard. On the way, that strange uh, blindness, essentially, that Kane was suffering seems to have uh, subsided and he can see just fine now. Looks like it lasted for about an hmm. hour after his little incident. Interesting. All right, well, as long as we can condition. find this scary tree man and stop him, whatever he's up to, then uh, I think we, we our goal is clear. Find okay, weird so, uh, tree boy, kill him, stop it all, right. take the power. <laughs> take the power to Castle Shadowcrag and investigate the tree. Okay, so your plan um, is to just uh, basically sure. head north to Castle Shadowcrag, right? After well, we uh, It's not in the city. <laughs> Oh no, 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 no. Like Castle Shadowcrag is a about a three day travel north of the city. About seventy miles. Yeah, no, it's I I would say uh let's get some healing potions and if we need rations and clean water, because sure. I don't know how everything is up there, but uh that's uh that's what I wanna do. Okay. So yeah, you guys can uh oh yep. Right. I, I, I want to put out my feelers immediately, like, now I'm not blind. I uh, want to see if I can... That's another net. That go is on, another net. Sorry. Uh, yeah, I want to I want to put out a uh, some feelers and find out if there's a chance that, A, we could hitch a ride with one of the convoys heading out, if there is a convoy heading out. That would be fucking sweet as fuck. Uh, okay. And, like, we could, we could literally work our way there, provide security along the way there. Uh, for one of these mining carts, which is how I fucking got there in the first place. And B, um, <laughs> if any of them know anything about... Um... Right, so you're checking with your uh, your cobalt contacts, right? Or just kind of, or, or you're just kind of putting the word out to see whatever whatever you can find about anything, right? Uh, or are you specifically yeah, trying for cobalts? Yeah, no, I'll put out, like, I, I know the cobalt's are <laughs> in the area. Like, yeah, this episode. We're, we're just fucking just leave them alone. I was so upset. Sorry. I was upset. <laughs> it's alright. You're okay. This is not a day right. for production. So, we um I yeah, I will find out like anyone who's operated in the area or done anything like that that I would know. Okay. Um I will Yeah. I will I will see if I all can get right. So it will take you just a little bit to uh, to kind of get the word out and uh, and hear about what's what's going on. So let's see. Why don't you make me a 
You could make me an intelligence investigation check. Okay. Does this come under my, uh, I think it's Heart of the City? Pulse of the City? I'm waiting for it. Uh, let's see. Oh, your uh, Pulse of the City. Pulse of the City lets you find uh, specific things. Um, looking for information is a little bit less so. Um, okay. Let me double check real quick. Uh, Would a thing include a convoy heading in that direction? I don't, uh, it's like, like I don't a, know how far it, I can flex it. it um, it's like a commodity, right? Like you could look okay. for a specific um, uh, object or a product or a substance, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but Ranger uh, So you have advantage on charisma, deception, and persuasion checks. Maybe it's your favorite enemies. All right, and you have favorite enemy city. Um, what are your favorite enemies again? Uh, my favorite enemies, I believe, are... Two types of humanoids, right? Uh, yes, it's Shadow... Is it Shadowfey? Yeah, Shadow is Shadowfey it, and... It's humans, right? Humans and Shadowfey, yeah. Okay, so you can go ahead and make a persuasion check with advantage. Sweet. Let me just uh, bring up my... I'm also going to be rolling... RL and I am hoping super fucking hard that I'm gonna be as good. What's my uh, a persuasion at advantage? That's still a minus two. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. That's a zero. Oh, that was so close to a twenty. That's a zero. Got advantage, so that's a that's one. a three. Okay, so a one, a one <laughs> at advantage. Thirty-one, but thirty-one All right, at um... advantage. Okay. <laughs> you wish you had some so. <laughs> Uh, so you put the word out, and it is taking a bit of time for them to get back to you. So uh, what other preparations do you guys want to make in the meantime while you're waiting for uh, for Kane's information network to slowly trickle its way back to you? I'll, I'll do... <laughs> I'll dedicate, like, all my time to that to make it go as fast as possible, so I'm just going to rely on the party to do other things. Okay, so basically, uh, the result of the result of your uh, your crappy crappy role there is going to be uh, essentially that you're going to have to spend the rest of the day doing that, uh, rather than being able to just kind of put the word out and then do anything else you want to do. So you basically have to babysit it uh, to to make sure it's not going to fall flat. Uh, anything else the rest of you guys want to do? You can buy common stuff like potions of healing. Um, any yeah, you know yeah, supplies sure. that you want to make sure you get. It. Yeah, hitting hitting. Potion shop for some potions of healing. I mean, are um, we sure about heading out of town? I mean, the city is so nice. What are we going to do about the silken scabbard? I'm not really made for this. Sort I of understand thing. that you don't like going out, but think of all the women that will flock to you once you tell them this grand tale of adventure. No persuasion. Uh, uh, women have very little sway over me, Carrie. Um, <laughs> Think of all the but I suppose. You get once you tell people of this great adventure. That people I love tell them these things tale. anyway. I tell them loads of things, and I've done none of them. But oh, I suppose it's this tree person that we've got to stop from destroying the world, I guess I'll be there. Not because I like any of you, but just I just happen to be there and come with you. I smile and kind of look down at the ground, knowing that uh, he is perhaps warming up to us and not really wanting oh. to admit it. 
and that's understandable. Big softy. <laughs> Stop giving me those. No, I don't like it. <laughs> All right. Uh, so I assume just standard pricing if it's standard stuff. Oh yeah. Yep. How much is the potion? Yeah, I want to have two gold potions. each. Jesus. Can I no haggle? Potion of healing. Uh, I mean, not, not really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, no. You can attempt it if you would like to, yeah. It's not necessarily uh, guaranteed. Haggling means killing people and inscribing runes in their foreheads. The cloak, right? That's right. Yeah. translation. That's negotiation, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> sure, so uh, uh, you want to you try and haggle with the, uh, with the alchemist. You can make a uh, charisma persuasion. Persuasion, okay. Check. Uh, I can't get in the fantasy ground, so I'm going to roll this out. Oh, so. yeah. I, yep. I fucking forgot. Yeah, okay. Oh, and Will, uh, I don't know if it's too late for this, but audacity up if you, uh, if you hadn't. Yeah, I like. I stopped, and then I reset, and I said a thing to Hayden Neal about assholes, and now we're good. Oh, good. All right, good deal. <laughs> I wonder if he's going to get um, It's just okay. such a mess for Neil today. A little bit, a little bit. It's all right. We'll okay, first roll was a uh, net 16. <laughs> And the nat 15. So the nat 16, uh, so a 17. 17 is not sufficient. The uh, the alchemist is quite adamant that the price is the price, and uh, if it could be made any lower, he would be only too happy to do so. But it's not possible. Mm. Let me see. <laughs> I'm going to go through my wares real quick to see if I, I can barter stuff real quick. Mm. Um, hmm... I mean, you guys have a couple thou worth of Requiem burning a hole in your pocket. <laughs> yeah, I also have that three true. gems that are worth 20 GP each, I believe. So I could... I'd... Yeah, I actually I have don't three. have the drugs. Um, so... <laughs> um, <laughs> I I think that Blaz has the drugs, because I think you all gave it to me because you knew I wouldn't take them. <laughs> I have 114 gold, and I have three gems worth 20 GP, because Kari doesn't spend money, because she doesn't really believe in money, so I could just give you some money. No, I have the money. I'm just being stingy. Um, oh. <laughs> so God damn it. Uh, so he would like, you, like Kari's like walking up, about to give him some money, and then you see him. He like pulls out this diamond. And he's like, "Is this worth one portion?" How much is the diamond worth? Fifty. Oh, uh, so the the alchemist will inspect it and then say, "Yes, this is quite an equitable trade." Of course, of course, and kind of goes okay. under the. And then, then he puts the another person. fifty gold down, uh, and he's like, "All right, there are two portions for the fifty gold and the diamond." Of course. So he uh, he retrieves two vials and trades them for your gold and jewel. Okay. Uh, let me delete you wait. out of my life. Oh, okay. I was, I was like, wait a minute. Did you just... Okay. Nope. Got it. Got it. I can math. Three healing potions. Oh, there we go. Wait, hold on. Let me delete that one. There we go. That's a lot better. Um, so, um... And then I imagine, uh, I would buy... Just in case, two weeks worth of rations for okay. uh, for me and Puff Puff. 
Very good. How is Puff Puff doing? Puff Puff's great. She, it's with Nettlebutt. Miss Miss Whistlebottom. I forget her name all the time. Kettleface. Kettle whistle. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's my, that fucking that scene in Half Baked where he's like he kills the horse and he's like, what the fuck is that horse's name? Uh, where he kept fucking it up. He's like Butternut. <laughs> it, the horse's name was Buttercup. Oh boy. Uh, <laughs> All right. So everybody got your preps done. Uh, oh, good. There's yeah. there's the Joshua. He is back. Did you, did you check my pen? You back? Uh, how much are rations, oh, everyone? Uh, I believe uh, one gold gives you two days worth of rations. Yep. Yeah. One gold, okay. two days. That's what I just. Okay, so seven, seven, 14 gold I spent. There you go. Well, wait, if you. Uh, no, if you want. If you want two weeks, weeks. Yeah. yeah. Seven, if you want two weeks of rations, it's seven gold. How much is it for Puff? But for him and for Puff Puff. Oh, right, right, right. Oh, I'm sorry. See. I'm sorry. You're right. My bad. My um, bad. I know, man. Uh, what was it? Okay, man. Um, you're good. Potions? Was it? 50 for a common potion of healing. <laughs> okay, I'll spend a uh, hundred gold, 107 gold, and I'll get two potions of healing and uh, two weeks worth of rations. So you, uh, the the shopkeeper quotes you, oh, okay, all right, you were buying rations, got it. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. He's like, oh, uh, well, he's very excited about you. <laughs> I'm done with gold, but I'm not that stupid. Right, um, right. Okay, and uh, yeah, we can get water while we're here. I'm assuming water is free, so Okay, uh, so Kane, over the course of while the rest of your chuckleheads are buying potions and hardtack and lembas bread and whatever the hell they want to bring with them on this little, <laughs> little, little trip. How many did you eat? Uh, Seven. Four. <laughs> uh, you are uh, working your contacts and you're going to spend basically most of the day into the evening, a good bit past sunset. And as you're as you're running about throughout town, um, you can see that all over Zobek, preparations for the spring festival are being made. And what that really amounts to is just flowers, flowers everywhere. So there are these flower wreaths and garlands being hung up on doors and uh, outside shops and adorning light uh, street light poles. Uh, street lamps, that sort of thing. Um, the Spring Festival is uh, sort of a... Uh, it's a combination of a lot of things, but it is it is a great sort of citywide revelry, and it is uh, of note, uh, there is no pay for companionship during the Spring Festival. Uh, instead, courtship is handled by giving someone that you fancy a bouquet of flowers. And it might even be just for, hey, you're cool, I like you a lot, here's some flowers, because you're awesome. It doesn't necessarily have to be for any sort of hookup or, you know, trying to start an actual romantic relationship. Uh, but that's just sort of a buzz and in the air. So there's this very spring floral scent just kind of all over the city, which, you know, pleasant if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, you, however, end up in some of the darker, nastier underbelly where knuckles are constantly split and uh, you're watching every shadow to make sure you don't catch a knife in your ribs at an inopportune moment. Uh, and you learn that there are indeed a few... Um, there's a wagon train of kobolds that has recently returned with ore from the Veslau mines, getting ready to turn back around and head uh, back out to the mines. You also learn that there is apparently a 
small wagon train heading to Castle Shadowcrag itself. And the uh, the individual telling you this is a kobold who works at the um, kind of at the at the drovers where the the wagoneers all kind of gather together and uh, where they have their livestock uh, stabled and where they pick up their cargo. And uh, you, you he kind of uh, gives you a sly look and says, "This is not usual. Something different. Not sure why they're going to Shadowcrag. Nothing there." Just crazies who don't mind the ghosts. So, they'll be needing protection. Mm, maybe, maybe. How much gold? So, how much gold do you have? Uh, so, if you want more information out of him, he can try to to dig into it and find out. Uh, but uh, he'll kind of he's kind of rubbing his little claws together <laughs> we have speaking, of, speaking of how much gold do you have uh, we're been a long time right been a long time since I saw some griffins and griffins being the gold coin minted in Zobek gold griffins alright okay alright um I'm pretty sure I have a gold piece uh, as I'm loading Sure, you have, or you have a couple that you could, yeah, yeah you could chuck yeah. at him, no problem. So you grease his palm, yeah. and he and he scurries off. He comes back with uh, with kind of uh, probably about an hour later, and and has a little bit of a, a, a a little bit of a frustrated expression, and he says, "No, they take no guards. They're using only their own people, only their house guards." House guards. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, house. I, I will. I will. What? Oh. Sorry. Uh, yeah, he no, says, I, uh, house. I, I spoke too soon. What? You keep oh, going uh, to say it. Like, uh, no, okay, right. Uh, he says, uh, <laughs> yes. Just just their own guards. House Zealous. Do I know anything about them from round... Uh, so, around? you know that, uh, if you remember from the recap, uh, I mentioned House Zealous as the ones who are into the botanicals. They grow flowers, they grow herbs, and uh, things for the making of magic and alchemy. And also, Vandessian Thrick found that the fellow who hired his people for a third party to do the the security work down in the cartways that you ran afoul of... Uh, he learned that that guy was uh, a man for House Zealous. Hmm, this is all starting to tie together. I look, I look at him, and I'm just like, <clears throat> sounds like dangerous work. Not something I want to get tangled in. Yeah, I've worked. I've worked with the Kobolds before. They need security. Hmm. Sure, they could always use. Uh... A too tall that knows how to use a sword watching their backs. Certainly someone who's got a good reputation. And he sort of flashes a big sharp-toothed grin at you. <laughs> reputation draws like-minded individuals. I have a song. Who? With Alright. I think, uh, think perhaps could find a place for your people if you want to watch and keep the dangers of the Margrave at bay. But One gold per day. Can I, uh, 
is that standard? Can I like? Uh, that's a little bit of a that's a little bit of a low ball, but I mean, for for guard work, it ain't bad. Can I? What do I have? Uh, I have intimidation. It would be persu- uh, persuasion or intimidation, depending on how you want to go at it. <laughs> I'm gonna go with intimidation because right now this is just a sweetener. Okay. All right. Um, sure, you can make a yeah. What do you? How do you? Uh, oh wait. You just kind of, you just kind of like, he gives you the figure yeah, and you just sort of like glare at him silently, like keep sliding or. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I, I think I think I'll roll and then I'll tell you how how I do because I think sure. it will depend on how well this comes across. Uh, that is a four. I I give him a <laughs> plative kind of. You're like, come on, it's like wobbly bottom lip. <laughs> come on, come on, yeah, yeah. So he's like, well, so uh, if interested, you and your crew can be at the Drovers tomorrow morning, two hours past dawn. Hmm? I nod, and that's about the end of it. I'll sort of head sure. off. Uh, but like, I need to do a how? How long would it take? If we're traveling by convoy, that's going to get us there faster, I imagine. Us with uh, other people, make a little I mean, along the way. Not, not, no, not, I mean, not, it's not a meaningful difference in travel time, really. Um, it's maybe more comfortable if you get to ride wagons. Mm, okay, and it probably also covers up the reason. We're going through yeah, the Margaret. It also covers the reason you are going the through the Margaret. Um, well, so we now, do that. now keep in mind, like, you're hiring on to go to the Veslau Mines. If you guys want to go to Shadowcrag, you're at some point going to have to cut out. Uh, you might, you know, get to the mines and settle up there and then be like, well, good luck on your return trip. We got to go. And then just so how cut far west. Out of play is it? From, from Veslau to Shadowcrag? Not very far at all. Let me, uh, it's like 15 miles. So, you know. So we could do that uh, in a day. Oh, easily, yeah. A couple hours. All right. So uh, especially, I'll be, I'll... especially with you and Cloak, you can navigate through the the, the dense Margrave, and you guys don't even okay, get slowed so down. Would, yeah, that would get us. Oh, that would right. get us most of the way there for the same price with more people, <clears throat> more bodies. Yeah, I like mm-hmm. this. I like this idea, but I'll put it to the party. I'll I'll go and find them. Finally, probably exhausted from having to... all day, and it's just not come well. Like, keep asking for contacts, and I'm like. You know, Jim, like he fucking runs this establishment, and I find out Jim's been dead for two years, and someone else yeah, 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 yeah. It and I'm out of the loop. <laughs> Bollocks. Yep, you uh, you spend quite a bit of time doing that. So uh, while you're putting the the word out and and tracking all of this stuff down, you also run across uh, a, another interesting bit of gossip regarding the Black Shields. Uh, you hear the word that apparently the Black Shields have run afoul of another gang known as the Cloven Nine, and that makes you sit up and take notice. The Cloven Nine are run by tieflings, and they have a distinctly uh, nasty reputation about them because apparently they think uh, the Cloven Nine are sacrificing uh, Black Shields to Mammon, uh, the Lord of Greed. The Archdevil of Greed, because apparently they've been finding Mammon? dead black shields, yeah, Mammon, with uh, with infernal script cut into their corpses. Do the do, do I know what the clove uh, the cloven nines? No, what's going on? 
Nothing, <laughs> just just move on. <laughs> just move on, ignore him. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> It'll be fine. Okay, so yeah, do they, um, do I know sort of their, res- like, the Cloven Nine's response? Like, uh, no, example, no, this is, this is just cre- like... Are they taking credit? None, uh, hard to say. This is just like word on the street, like, yo, I heard that the, the Black Shields must have screwed over the Cloven Nine because we found one of the, some of their dudes dead, and there was, like, this crazy devil script cut into their bodies. I bet the Cloven Nine are, are making sacrifices to their to their arch devils. So, you know, it could okay, be bullshit, so but... Yeah, it could be bullshit, but, I mean, for example, if someone were hiring the Black Shields and then using the sacrifices, <coughs> it would be really good to blame someone else oh yeah yeah okay oh yeah, yeah. yeah. okay it, right so there's that, a chance there's a chance it's an actual thing that'd make a decent decent scapegoat for sure yeah <laughs> sorry what nothing just don't watch last, last episode <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> took me a second right. <laughs> got it um, as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, uh, you finish your business, and you uh, you start heading back toward, probably toward the Silk Scabbard to meet up with everyone that's sort of become your, your de facto uh, home base. Um, on your way through Lower Zobek, uh, it's, it's dark now. Uh, after sunset, there are some street lamps lit. Uh, you can see some light up ahead, as well as a little bit of a crowd and some commotion. Uh, and as you approach, you can see that this crowd uh, is kind of being pushed back by members of the city guard, and uh, and they're sort of very sternly driving these uh, these these people step by step away from a building. And as you approach, the building is familiar to you. It is the black squat stone edifice that uh, held the rare book shop and the scribe that you guys used to copy the journal. Hmm. Wait, our buddy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, wait, wait, wait. I'll see this. I would hesitate I mean, to call him your buddy, but well, whatever. I mean, he, he, he yes. is a person he's, that we know in Zobek. True. <laughs> At this point, uh, he is Glass's friend because Glass, he knows him, and therefore they're friends. Yeah, Glass yeah. is That's, everybody's uh, friends. Yeah. Okay. As you as you approach, you can see that it is indeed Omar's rare books, and you can see that the front door is uh, not only open, it seems to be splintered off of its hinges, and uh, even bits of the stonework are sort of gouged, and the guards are holding people back from it. Um, wait, who's that? Uh, everyone's there? Oh, that's Everyone. that's Kane. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. that's just Kane. Oh, it's just me? Oh, it's just you? Okay. Yeah, you were, you were buying shit? You were, yeah, okay. you were on your way back to meet them at the Silk Scabbard, and you noticed this. Okay, do I remember the guy's name, the forger's name? Yeah, it's for Omar. You, you, uh, yeah, Omar. U-L-M-A-R. You know, Omar's um, Rare Books, owned by Omar. <laughs> Omar. I'm gonna... With an L. I'm gonna... Oh, ch- Omar. Like, okay. older, Omar. but Omar. Okay, I, can I make my way through the, like, muscle my way towards the front of the crowd? Um, and, uh, sure. And, uh, see if I can see one of, like, get the attention of one of the guards... Uh, yeah, you can totally get the attention of one of the guards, no problem. Uh, you, I mean, you carry yourself very, like, these are townsfolk and, like, you know, lower Zobek kind of, 
rabble <laughs> who are who are messing around with it right now. Um, you uh, head up to the door and you can see into the uh, basically into the main room of the shop. You can see the the bookshelves that are up against the wall there, uh, and it looks like a bunch of books have been tumbled off onto the floor. And one of the shelves is sort of cockeyed and leaning over, and dumped its uh, its contents. I uh, I. I grab the attention of, like, one of the nearest guards, not, like, grabbing mm-hmm. him forcefully, but just, sure. like, leaning in and say, uh, is this a burglary? He, uh, he, he frowns a little bit, um, uh, and he says, uh, apologies, citizen, this is, a this is a, an investigation, can't, can't give you any sort of comment on it at the moment. It was a friend of my family's. Uh, go ahead and make a deception check, I guess. <laughs> Can I, if I drop his name? Oh no, I split his fucking names above the door. Shit. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything I could say to give him, give myself advantage at all, like to make it more plausible. To, but I genuinely uh, don't remember that. Uh, no, you I, could I try I, to bribe him. Yeah. Fuck. Oh. How much would it cost to bribe a guard? I don't know. How much is it worth to you? That's my favorite answer in all the episodes we've played so far. What is it worth to you? <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Okay. I I would like to. Yeah. I'll. Be uh, I'll offer up three gold pieces. That information, so that's, on, you know, that is easily more than he would make for a day of actual honest work. So, all right, I will give you advantage uh, advantage on your check, and I'll take it into uh, into account that you're you're okay. passing him some money. So, go ahead and make a uh, you can do a persuasion, I guess. Uh, yeah, yeah. and you have advantage on that because you're yeah, yeah. That was a nine. How do we do a nine? A nine? So all right. Yep. So uh, he says, so he kind of like palms the gold and looks around a little bit and makes sure that nobody saw it and says, as I said, citizen, ongoing investigation. We're going to need to keep these people away from here for the next half an hour while we finish up. And he kind of says that rather pointedly to you. Yeah, like like half an hour, come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I. How far am I from uh, from the, the party? Oh, not long at all. Maybe a twenty minute round trip. Yeah. In which case, I, I, I'm like, uh, sorry to. Uh, I, I look at him and I say, uh, sorry to bother you. And I'm gonna in vamoose and. Okay, so he uh, kinda, he kind of gives yeah, you a nod and says, "Stay safe, citizen," yeah. and turns back and. Keeps back hurting the crowd back. Uh, all right, so you make your way over to the Silk Scabbard, lickety split, double time, and uh, oh, everybody, I'm... I would assume, is there? Silk what? Scabbard and then lickety split in the same it's sentence, please, so ever. Yeah, you know. Split, why? Moist. In the most horrible way. Anyway. <laughs> It's not that bad. It is. I don't know. It just it actually gave me goosebumps. Right. I'm going to say that all the time off camera now. Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm relaxing, doing, following my nails. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, inside, probably having a, a glass of like juice. 
of some kind. Okay. So Glass uh, keeps bringing roses. Oh, sorry. Okay. So, so he can play a game. Oh, you're bringing roses to Molly. He brings her yellow roses. Actually, if he can find like orange ones that like are like kind of like his carnelians, like you uh, can, yeah. So yeah, weird, but I ship it. Yeah, he totally, he totally keeps bringing back for Villa, Valia, 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 for Valia. I try and find like like, the biggest flower possible. (laughs) The sure. I need one single big flower. Good. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Ooh, or like sunflowers. A, like a, like a sunflower, a poinsettia. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so, yeah, sure. I guess uh, Kate back and, and, and approach the group. Like, gather everyone together. Very, like, he will very apologetically, like, he'll go over to Glass, who's in the middle of a game or something, and uh, tap him on the shoulder, lean in, and just say, Sorry to tear you away, but we have trouble. Oh, oh, uh, I kind of look at him and the fact that Kane is like actually said more than two words um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> is in trouble that Kane normally just takes care of trouble. It'll be like, uh, Valia, I, I, I'm so sorry. I have to concede. Uh, it seems as though uh, my companions need me, but uh I will return while the festival is still on. We can perhaps uh, play some more of the this uh, this new game uh, sometime soon. Well, I look forward to that. And uh, well, I suppose you have to concede, but I don't accept. We'll finish this game out next time. Oh, I thank you. Uh, thank I, you so much. I I I smile and I look at her and like I've never done this before in my entire life, and I've been friends with Rita for a very long time. But I look at mm-hmm. her and I say. Last didn't lie about your beauty, and uh, she, like, uh, I she kind of presses her fingertips to her to her throat, like you have the sweetest friends. And she kind of places her hand on your uh, on your <laughs> arm. Mr. Weirdo is just watching this absolutely <laughs> tragic set of events unfold. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you blown. Have the friends. You have the, the sweetest man. friends. When she met Loki, he's like, "You were kind of fun." <laughs> she called them both friends. Oh, my God. Uh, I would like I to watch. try to sneak up on Cloak, if at all possible. He's paranoid, so I imagine this would be pretty hard. Sure. <laughs> um, Cloak isn't there. Oh, no. Fuck you. Edgy Cloak's at Kettle Whistle's house with Puff Puff, and fucking. Because we're not leaving until the next day, so he was like, I'm going to go read. Literally, what he would go do. <laughs> I will hang on to my flower. Oh, didn't you say that you all wanted right. to get us all together? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where Cloak okay. is, though. That's right, you don't know where he is. Oh, I, I figure at some point you'd be around there. He'd, yeah, he'd, he'd gather you all together. Unless you don't want to be present, which you don't have to be. Um, What time of day is it? That's actually a good it's, question. What time of day uh, is it? It's maybe like two hours after sunset. So I don't know. Springtime. We're talking like what? Eight, eight o'clock, thereabouts. Uh, yeah. Cloak probably would leave. Uh, just because a he he like kind of is the early riser, anyways. And then uh, he would go read, and he wants to spend time with Puff Puff and like get everything ready for the trip tomorrow. So right. he's he's very much about preparation and not partying. So right. Uh, okay, so uh, all right, you could um, 
Yeah, so you get everybody together but Cloak. Looks like he's already cut out yeah, homes yeah, for the night. There's no, there's no way I'm going to have time to get him. I no. will gather everyone up. I will All right, what is it? To... Someone knocked over Olmas. Might be Who? Dead. The Forger. He was such a nice gentleman. Oh! Goodness, yes, yes. Uh, right. So, is there some kind of funeral or like a. I kind of look at Riordan like. You are so brilliant sometimes, but also so dense. Don't <laughs> think that there might be a connection with the book and the. Mother. Oh, I leave all the nerdy book things to, to you. I, I, I went to Olma that one time. I was barely paying attention. We don't know he's dead, but the guards will be clearing out in 10 15 minutes. All right, well, if it's connected, then I suppose we should probably take a look, see how Omar is. He was such a nice man. Man? Wolf? Halfling. I slap, I slap Raiden. <laughs> Not Henry hard, face. but I slap Raiden. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, respect the dead and all that. Well, he might not even be dead, in which case, fuck him. But uh, <laughs> right. All right. So uh, you have such nice friends, friends Glass. Yeah. <laughs> anybody who Glass wants to can, can follow along, and uh, you can lead the way back to Olmar's. So uh, by the time you get can back I there, know? it looks like because these buildings oh, are side by side with cloaks, right? Um, no, uh, no, he's no, he's a little yeah. ways away. Yeah. Okay, well, fuck him then. Yeah, well, fuck him. Fuck him. Got it. Um, uh, all right, so you guys head back to Omar's Rare Books. By the time you get there, the crowd has kind of thinned out, and whoever was there has lost interest. They're not going to, you know, be able to loot the place like they were maybe trying to or get a look at whatever was going on. Uh, and it looks like most of the guardsmen have cleared out as well, except for that one that you were talking to, Kane. He's still there, uh, and he's kind of uh, holding a lantern up and he's like checking around the building just kind of keeping watch for the moment when he sees yeah. you coming by he kind of stops and looks long enough for you to make sure that he sees you and then he very pointedly turns and heads down the street and turns a corner oh i i look, I look at the rest of the party give no explanation whatsoever to what's transpired and i head in okay uh, you head in, and uh, inside, it's a disaster zone. The one shelf stack that you saw tipped over is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, several of the other shelves along one entire wall have been uh, knocked down onto the onto the floor. The books spilled everywhere. One of the shelves looks like it has been ripped or struck in half possibly with some kind of large blade. The wood is just splintered from the top all the way down to the bottom, and there's just loose paper and uh, torn pages uh, kind of blown all over the place. And uh, the edges of the the broken, splintered wood have just kind of a strange look to them, something weird about them. And you can see that this trail uh, kind of leads back into another door that was closed the last time you were here, and that one also is sort of blown into the room beyond. I would like to very carefully. Actually, I. You know what? I think someone else should go investigate in there. So, and I should I'm... check in here because I'm. I'm gonna look at. I'm gonna try and CSI with survival. See if I can figure out what caused all this. 
Okay. Well, I'm gonna look for yeah, a body. I was gonna ask yeah. if you know, is it you There's... said blown in. I mean, does it look like magical damage? Yeah, that's what. Uh, so it looks was... like two. Two rooms. The front door. Okay. okay, one was. There's definitely. So on each of the uh, bits of wood that are cleaved or broken, uh, particularly on the doors and the stonework as well, there's uh, something odd about the the quality of like something has happened to or, or, or something's been done to the the material. So clearly it's not just as simple as someone took an axe to the door, but it does look like it was physically slashed or cut or broken in. But there's also something, something else weird going on on top of that. You can't really tell what the deal is. Um, Kane, you have favored Terrain City. So you get all kinds of extra information for doing this. This happened not too long ago. Um, you can tell that something powerful came in through the front door, struck the door with multiple blows that were enough to splinter it off its hinges, cut it into pieces, and blow it into the room. Some of those blows look like they even cleaved through into the bookshelf. Uh, whatever it is came in, and as far as you can tell, left absolutely no tracks other than where it Cause destruction. You don't find any footprints, uh, any anything, uh, no scuff marks, nothing like that. Um, by examining the desk, you can see that Ulmar was probably sitting at his desk in the front room at the time, and then fled into the uh, into the side chamber. And whatever I, this thing I, was, kind of followed him and just tore the place up as it went. But I can't see any footfalls, so I don't know if it left. But I'm presuming because nope. the guards have. I I look at I, I look at everyone basically else and like I, I say Whatever it is, it's big, leaves no trace. It might still be here. Chased him into the background. <gasps> Alright. We think it's uh, a shadow so... thing. Like a tree. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, but I don't know if that works because they don't leave any trace either. It could just jump into a shadow, like a shadow dog or something like that. So uh, looking at the damaged things that were cleaved and broken and, and sort of tossed around, it looks like the edges of uh, the wood and the like have had damage dealt to them, not just from the physical blow, but also from some sort of uh, energy that went along with the blow. And let me just double check my stuff here before I tell you wrong. Okay, less energy and more like the wood is like decayed and has turned gray and crumbled and the stonework has been pitted. Uh, so think necrotic damage. Okay. Uh, can I roll a nature or survival or something to see if I've ever heard of something that would do this? This would be an arcana check. An arcana? Uh, Good glass. Yeah. Yeah, so you could do Intelligence Arcana, and if you're proficient in it, you would get to double your proficiency bonus. Um, uh, you could relay this to Glaz, and he could make the check with advantage with your help. Yeah, I'll tell Glaz, because I recognize this is magic. I, I look to Glaz, and I mm -hmm. bring the big lug over, sort of trying to maybe distract him, because I don't know. Like, I feel like Glaz might get a little bit mentioned him almost like a friend, so now seeing this, he might be a little bit caught up in the moment, so I take Glass to one side, and I'll put my hand near the wall where, like, there's a, a deep gash through, like, wood and the stonework of the wall, and I point to the edges and say, Necromancy, what could do this? 
and Glass immediately making... gets uh, yeah gets very interested in it because ooh, new puzzle. Oh, well, there's, let's see. Let me, there's, oh, I've got to remember back to my studies. There are there are twenty two. <laughs> there are twenty two things I can think of. Uh, All right, that is that is pretty good. Uh, not enough to positively identify what it was based on such you know scant evidence, basically. But you could tell that something with uh, either perhaps a reach weapon or maybe limbs that are quite long. Uh, and very, very strong or sharp uh, kind of threw through these and uh, also had this just kind of corruptive touch that seems to destroy whatever it strikes. So basically something with a very long reach and either very fast, given how many different strikes there were, or you're looking at something that's not even really humanoid, something along the lines of having many different... Uh, appendages or weapons that could make these attacks that also carry necrotic damage. And oh. apparently doesn't leave any trail or doesn't touch the ground. Mm, now that is very interesting. It was very fast, it could reach, or perhaps was making multiple incursions into this room at the same time. Um... Dan, would I, would Glaz know whether or not clockwork mechanisms could be infused with necrotic energy? Just, he's uh, been sort of amazed by all of clockwork, something that was a certainly possible. clockwork. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, certainly you could infuse clo- something clockwork with uh, necrotic energy. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. So. <sighs> There are lots of options here, but whatever it is, it's extremely dangerous. And if we ever bump into this, we need to be very careful. Um, perhaps we should move into the next room, see what... So yeah, you move into the next room. Uh, the second room is much like the first, except you can tell uh, on the few of the shelves that aren't uh, demolished and destroyed and scattered all over the place, that this place, unlike the front room, is very meticulously arranged. This looks like a, uh, a collection that he kept under lock and key. And uh, and he, um, apparently the front room, it looks like it was almost deliberately disorganized to try and uh, make it difficult for people to find what they're looking for or find anything. This room is not like that at all. Uh, and back here, it looks like the, the volumes are of much greater value than the ones that are displayed up front. Uh, you can see yet another door leading back into a third room where the trail of Olmar leads came. And that one too is basically slice rotted off its hinges uh, into the uh, into the back room. Uh, assuming you guys want to, to follow into there, uh, that back room is a workshop where it looks like he does bookbinding. Uh, and also there was what looks to be a uh, stout iron safe behind the workbench, and the workbench is kind of cut into uh, uh, one-third of it has been sliced off by whatever it was that's been laying about in here. Behind the workbench, you see the remains of Olmar, the dwarf. He is uh, crumpled. He is crumpled against the wall. Uh, His head is lolling to the side, nearly severed from his neck, and his eyes just stare glassy straight ahead. Uh, His neck is half severed, half rotten. And you can see three other lash wounds that look like they have partially disintegrated his clothing and just this gray-black rot 
digging into his body along with the slashes. The safe is sliced open, and you can see a few little scraps of paper with frayed gray powdery edges inside the slice, inside the safe. Powdery? Glass will just, as I said. Like the, like the paper was disintegrating. Yeah, 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 the necrotic energy was disintegrating the paper. So, um, before uh, it disintegrates, can Glaz use a, um, can he do an instant cast of identify to see if he can, before the paper is destroyed, see what it is or what it was? Uh, all right. Yeah, sure. I'll let you run up and, and cast the spell. And it gives you a flash of insight before the paper crumbles to ash in your fingers. And you are startled that you recognize what's on this page oh, before it's gone. Oh, it is it's, a... It is an excerpt from the journal. Of course he made the copy for himself. Yeah, why wouldn't you? Why didn't we even think of that? Oh, we we did. We we thought that was a risk worth taking. Okay. I kind of look at the dead body and I, uh, I'll say a prayer to the hunter and close his eyes and put a sheet over him kind of thing. Before you go to touch him, I would sort of caution you because whatever the fuck this thing is, rotting shit left, right, and center. Can we detect any disease or lingering? Did detect magic to see if there's anything left on him that's... I don't have a detect magic spell. I look look to Glaz for this. Glaz does. Glaz, if you want to cast a a detect magic, uh, there's no lingering magic on the corpse. Um... Uh, there is a strange lingering uh, taste of magic in the air, but it sort of um, defies your description, and it gives you this sort of uncomfortable feeling. You can't really tell much about it, but that's Ooh, about all there is. The oogie feeling that we got from the void stuff. Uh, I maybe or similar. Uh, just sort of a general discomfort. There's not really enough of it there to, gotcha. to put your finger on in any sort of identified fashion. Um, so you guys uh, spend some time searching around. There's really not much else to find other than it looks like he was killed by something and uh, that something was also clearly after what you correctly surmised to be a copy of the journal he kept for himself. How would anyone know that he had it, though? How would anyone... Exactly. And so uh, I'm going to... They... In, uh, in the interest of time, I'm going to move us forward just a little bit so we can wrap up. Uh, so that la- that night, you all take to your beds, uh, getting ready for an early morning, uh, posing as caravan guards to have a plausible reason to be heading out towards Shadowcrag in case anyone is uh, watching. In the midst of the night, in the dead of the night, Kane something is tapping you, like almost urgently trying to wake you. And you you sort of shake yourself out of your slumber and you wake up and you feel this weight on your chest, uh, just enough to be just kind of a little bit uncomfortable. And you look up and the, the window to your room is the shutter is half open and there's a shaft of moonlight shining in and it is spotlighting with this blue, silver, pale radiance, Whisper, who is sitting on your chest. And the light bits of his feathers are very bright in the moonlight, and that dark smear from that strange shadow wave that uh, that uh, struck him down in the cartways is just inky black in the moonlight, and his eyes are kind of reflecting that light with this silvery blue glow. And he's kind of looking at you, and his head is tilted almost all the way to the side. 
His beak opens, and then a mouth with bright white human teeth opens just under his beak. And he says, Kane, we must talk. You and the others are in terrible, terrible danger. And that's where we'll stop for this week. That's a Get it away from me now. <laughs> that's the bad touch right there. <laughs> strict, strict, strict. And oh, that is where we will pick up next week for our season finale. Fuck yes. Next week is episode 16. Almost four months now. Actually, probably over four yep. months. So a couple of weeks. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep. Uh, is, next is everybody week, going to make some announcements next about next? Yeah, that's important. <laughs> uh, I'll be here. Yeah. All right. Good. Yep. All right. I definitely want everyone Ooh. there for that. All right. Cool. cool. Yeah. This is going to be dope. Uh, next week, right. we can make some announcements regarding uh, season two and stuff as well. If uh, if that's yes. happening, I don't know. Who knows? But uh, let's uh, quickly wrap things up, go around the cast and crew. Uh, did we enjoy ourselves? Where can we find you guys online? Um, oh, and we'll give away a set of tabletop loot dice here in just a yeah. second. Let me open it up now. Uh, exclamation point loot there in the chat. I'm going to run off to another stream in just a few minutes here because Sid is about to cut my hair off, which is going to be fun. No, uh, but, uh, what? No way. <laughs> oh, shit. I promise. I, I made a promise on the 40th <laughs> stream that like we this got much. like. Fuck off. No, 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 no. Yeah, it's, it's all going. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, I made a promise on the 48 hour if we got like 100 new subs that I would fucking cut it off, so it's happening. Right. Um, but the beard is staying, so I'll look it's still like an actual adult rather than a minor. Uh, but Dan, how was tonight's game? Where can we find you online? Oh my gosh, tonight was incredibly fun, and uh, like I had two and a half pages of notes that we just whoop. <laughs> but that's cool. That's cool. Uh, I like I like that we went with an entirely different route that you guys used to figure out where and uh, and some of what is going down. Uh, that was a blast. So you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Dan underscore Dylan underscore one. I love talking about Midgard and D D. Uh, I'm on Facebook. I'm a, one of the moderators on the Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition Facebook group that is over 130,000 members at this point. So we got all kinds of D&D going on all the time. Awesome. Great stuff. And Tool School, how was that? You guys know I love Midgard, and we got to see, we got to delve into uh, Void Magic. We got to delve into the Western Wastes. We got to delve into all the fun and exciting things. We got to avoid, it, it got to delve into Void Taint and all of the things that happen when you come in contact with the Void. Uh, yeah, I, I'm just like, I'm being my my Midgard geeky self about the whole thing. Uh, you can find me as Tall Squall all over uh, social media and on uh, my uh, Twitch channel and also Bird vs. Plane's uh, Twitch channel as we keep doing stuff with Bird in the Storm and uh, stuff on his stream as well. So check us out. Awesome. And Lorelania, how was that? Uh, it is great. I'm really glad that the party is kind of cohesively moving in one direction because it's kind of weird how we were all branching off and doing our, our own things and like all of a sudden it's all going back together. Usually when parties split like that, it's like eight different plot lines that you have to keep up at once. So kudos to Dan for wrangling this herd of cats. Um, also, I'll take you it. Know where you <laughs> Here, season two, when we have season fucking two, because yeah. <laughs> we better not end like this. Um, I we'll honestly, see what happens next week. The game, that was one of the most cool nat 20s ever. Yeah. Um, also, 
I will. I long live Void Will. Long live. <laughs> I'm gonna figure well, out. Just... Uh, I'm gonna figure out my sound. <laughs> I'm gonna listen um, back because I couldn't hear what it sounded like, and then I'm gonna I modulate my voice. It was like a little bit of an elevated, like distortion. I like it. Yeah, mm -hmm. I'm. I'm sure you've already tried this, but make sure you unseat and reseat everything in your computer if you're having issues. To be surprised how many times that can change it. Um, but yeah, that's great. You can find me here on my roleplay home of choice, Encounter Roleplay. The tabletop stream of choice in Ghana Roleplay. Um, amazing. Uh, McLogan, how is that? Hello, I'm McLogan. You might recognize me from such films as, oh, library books are not meant to be lit on fire, and The Void? Let's learn some more. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, I, I, I think today was a very crazy episode. Um, just for the fact that fucking the I, I don't know anything about void or, or anything so i learned about that today and so and i learned that cloak would be like i don't want to fuck with that uh at all ever or anyone should um but i i like the intrigue and i like we're all gonna be going to one destination and uh it's kind of crazy and i kind of hope some crazy monster doesn't kill Mrs. Kettlewhistle. Uh, I was worried about that because, like, in my head, I was like, "Oh, like they're gonna go party and go to the Silk Scabbard." Cloak doesn't care about that. I want to make my way over there. And then, fucking, <laughs> when Dan was like, "Oh, it's Omar. Someone broke in." I was like, "Someone's attacking everything that we've been to. They're probably gonna go after the Collegium eventually." But he doesn't give a shit about that. He cares about Puff Puff, and so he's hanging out with Puff Puff, playing fetch and. Innocently doesn't know anything's going on. So, uh, but you guys can find me uh, at McLoken. Uh, tomorrow I'll be doing uh, my show, uh, Chosen, which will be on uh, mixer.com slash storyquest. Uh, I'm on a few other shows as well. Uh, always follow me at my Twitter uh, and uh, find those. Uh, come here Thursday night uh, at starting at 7 p.m. Central for the King's Hustle. I'm not on that show, but my wonderful partner, uh, Metamancer, uh, she uh, hosts or uh, GMs or storytells or whatever you call in that instance, uh, City of Mist campaign. Uh, it's going fantastic because, uh, you know, fucking Zen Gardens and shit. I was watching that shit going just like, okay. <laughs> but it's a great time, uh, and uh, I love you all. Awesome. Thanks so much, McLoken. And last but not least, Josh. Uh, I've slowly throughout this campaign uh, become afraid of reading, writing, hearing. Uh, <laughs> Fuck all your senses. Yeah, senses. I went blind. Uh, just everything, everything, just like talking has been changing for me. Like fucking everything is, everything is terrible. And now even when I sleep, I'm being harassed by things that shouldn't be able to talk that are fucking talking. It's... It, it's 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 traumatizing uh and uh yeah if you ever come across the void uh here's some advice don't lick it don't <laughs> poke it don't touch it don't put you touch it pop it just don't put it in your mouth tip x that motherfucker tip x that motherfucker just all over now get rid of it uh but whatever you do I'm willingly understand it because yeah, it's bad, bad terms. That's Canadian song from many months ago.
Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, um, <laughs> it was uh, it was truly traumatic, and uh, I can't wait to uh, to start next episode by shitting myself in my own bed <laughs> when a six sits. It'd be great. That's just no, how Josh starts every stream. That's that's, that's not an in character <laughs> thing. That's just, that's, just that's, that's my pregame. This my pregame pre-game ritual. Yeah. It saves time getting ready. Yeah. And not well, just, not just any Strix. That's uh, that's whisper. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Okay. Fuck you. My bird. <laughs> not a Strix. Okay. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Ah, uh, we're quickly we following online, Josh. Before we uh, before you we get out. You find me online at. As Encounter Josh on Twitter, uh, you will also be able to find me tomorrow night over for our on... episode one of our new campaign, Trinity episode Ooh. one tomorrow, twelve o'clock PST. I'm going to be playing a theurgy wizard. Josh is going to be DMing. It's going to be a one-on-one campaign. It's hopefully going to be my first ever, if I don't die, obviously, campaign from level one to level twenty. She's We're hoping so for the same one and years. Yes, I'm very excited about this. Not going to lie. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, one one more thing until we yeah. break. I do want to say that at this point, uh, for next week, you all have achieved level four. So go ahead and level yes. yourselves up for next week. Ooh, ding, ding, ding. Oh, uh, and one other thing to celebrate is that Kolga8843 is the winner of a set of tabletop loot dice. Congratulations, my hey, friend. Nice. I'll Congratulations. I'll uh, get you a dice in just a few minutes. But I'm going to run off. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow right. for... Uh, Call of Cthulhu, Mask of Night, Aftertime. Oh, it's so fucking exciting. It's so good. Join us 1 p.m. Eastern for that. Then Warhammer at 4. Then Star Trek at 7. It's good times. But until next time, my friends, I'm going to go get my hair cut over on Sid's stream. So we're going to go host Let's and raid her. Uh, it's going to be fun. Uh, until next time, try to try to me that one. Not a thing. Bye.